Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show. Phone lines are open right now, but this show is strictly for men. We have a few rules and they are no profanity, no politics, no racial stuff, and this ain't Bible study. Tonight's topic is, am I a man? My name is Tony Hawkins. I'll be your host along with my co-host Rodney Turner. Darren Smith. If you have something to say, please feel free to do so, or if you prefer to listen, that's fine too. Just put your phone on mute. Now to start the show. Something that we were just talking about, Ike, um, the movie Temptation, and it was a gentleman that was dating his soon-to-be wife since they were children. They were both in the church. They were both green, so to speak. Then they moved to the big city, and then the wife decided to go left when she met a man that was somewhat more powerful and more uh, (coughs) had more money, better career, better potential than her husband. In that, in turn, she started to be disrespectful to her husband, calling him less than a man, and uh, making him actually feel inferior to the other brother. Now, there's another movie called A Family of Praise Together, which was the same thing, and the lady started having an affair with her boss. He's the boss. He's got money. He's he's, he's in this family, rich family, well-to-do. They've always been around this family, and this family has always taken care of them. So there was the power piece. Um, Same issue, the wife was getting disrespectful with the husband, saying you're less than a man, you'll never be William Cartwright, you'll never, you know, amount to anything. So the question that I want to throw out here, the first one, is how do you gauge manhood? What meter do we use to gauge manhood for us to really feel like we've done it right, like we've arrived at this thing called manhood and we can call ourselves a man what gauge do we use well i know for me one gauge that that i use is when i make a decision uh everybody under my roof uh falls in line and and that's that's how i gauge uh my manhood and um that means that number one everybody in the house trusts me to make the decision Number two, I've demonstrated the qualities to where everybody in the house, uh, you know, sees some value in my decision. And number three, those in my house trust me to make the decision, and they trust me to have everyone's best interest at heart, even if the decision is unpopular. So that's how I gauge uh, my manhood. Good work. Yeah, I'll second that with, with regard to uh, decision-making is that, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, that's that's what it boils down to is that somebody has to make the decision and, uh, you know, falls it falls on the man. So I agree with that, brother. So being the headship and making the right decision, does that make – I mean, how does that make us feel? Does it make us feel like we're men when we're doing it, or does it just come with the territory? Uh, I think it just comes with the territory. 
And it's not so much as making the right decision, it's making the decision, period. And and where we have a lot of problems as a society is that society has watered down the concept and the idea of a man or manhood so much now to where people have all of these uh, very warped ideas of what a man really is. I mean, just the topic of this show, a woman who has a man and makes a lot of money, she's not even looking at the fact that this is a man who doesn't respect the, a marriage by sleeping with a married woman. She's looking at the fact that he's got money. So in her mind, she may think a lot of money equals more manhood. Good point. Good point. So, so, so let's just say that what we think is manhood may not be always the same as our wives think. Right. Uh, wives or anybody else, like I said, because society is just watered down the the image of James Evans. You know, they've, they've watered that down. It's, it's now, um, I don't know, what, what, what fathers you have on TV now being real men? I don't know, brother. I'm still looking for them. I mean, Bill Cosby, the Cosby show is going off. Good times is going off. Um, I, you tell me. What we got? I mean, I don't know. You got, you got Pop, scandal. Pop Wives Atlanta, whatever. Atlanta Housewives, Hip Hop Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, Basketball Wives. Are those men <laughs> on, on those shows? No, no. Uh, I think in a sense they are. Because, you know, if a person is born with a penis and is 18 years or older, doesn't that then qualify them as a man? Uh, in some circles, uh, yeah, but uh, the way I was raised, uh, you're not a man until you have your own address. <laughs> so if you if you get your own address before age 18, then you're a man, as far as I'm concerned now. Uh, you know, other people believe if you lived on the earth 18 years, you born with a penis, you a man. In the discussion. Hey, excuse me, brother. The one that's, that's talking, I'm not. I don't know what your name is, but I got a question for you, real quick. Um, when it asked, uh, what's the definition of a man? You gave your uh, your definition, and um, I think most people would agree with it. But one thing that you said in there was that um, if I make a decision and my decision is, is respected by the rest of the household, that that makes me a man. So that means that what, what if what if you're in a marriage or something and and the, the decision is not respected? Do you not feel like a man still? Uh, well, if the, if, if the decision is, is not um, respected, then I should have seen scenes long before that said decision was made. Should have seen signs. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because it's not going to just come up to, okay, everything is cool. You know, I'm thinking I'm the man, Aloe Black, got the music playing in my background. And then I make a decision, all hell breaks loose. That decision isn't respected or, you know, it, it, it would be something that I would see. So uh, you don't say, you don't think in absolutes by saying, okay, well, if this, this decision isn't respected, then I'm not a man. That's not how, That's not how you approach it. What a man would do is try to resolve the situation. But at the end of the day, a man never loses focus of the objective, and that's to make the decision and to make sure everybody follow through with the decision. And if everybody, if somebody want to buck 
bug back, man. They're just going to have to be in their feelings. They, you know, they're going to have to learn that everything they can't have their way in life, you know. So that's that's just the bottom line on that. Okay, so so let me try to rephrase that one because that's a great question Malcolm just asked. So if your wife is out of pocket and she decides to do things her way and she will listen to you 50% of the time, are you still a man in that household? Well, now we're now we're now we're not talking about one decision. We're talking about a series of events. So, what a man has to do, a man has to speak very clearly to those parties involved, and those parties involved should trust and believe that when a man gives his word, his word is bond. So, if a man says, "You know what? I've been telling you we should do this. You've constantly gone against me. This cannot happen, and you must stop." Okay, that's the first, you know, first time. If it if the behavior continues, then a man has to say, "Hey, you know, you're not respecting me as a man." You got to have that conversation. And then you, you know, you go you go from that point. It's not so absolute as this is what I say, do what I say, and that's the end of it. A man will find a problem, address the problem, but at the same time, make the decision. Now, if the decision is unpopular and it's always second-guessed and the pattern continues, then the man got to address that problem. Well, I believe it often starts in how you start your relationship. If you start your relationship by being a yes man, then that's expected. And then by the time you get ready to shut it off, it's going to be too late. Because if you try to tell her, you know, look, you know, you need to do this, you need to do it this way, and then now the conversation turns from, uh, you know, let's compromise about this decision to into you're not my father. You know, so uh, if you let it linger on, you're trying to get the girl, you're trying to get her to wed you, and you're trying to show how nice you are, and then you're giving her everything she wants. Not saying that she shouldn't be pampered, but at the same time, if you're just allowing her to make decisions arbitrarily and just letting her go all the way out left with it, and you're not saying anything five years down the line, you're going to try to step up and say, hey, you know, you're spending too much money or that's wrong, then she's going to look at you with that eye and say, you know, look, you're not my dad. I make my own money, and, you know, you can't tell me what to do. So you have to start out in a way that, you know, you're letting her know here's the line and this is my side by trying to start it in the middle of the relationship after you get married. Good words. Good words. So, so, Ike, you brought up James Evans. And I think that is a, a, a great role model for anybody that wants to figure it out <clears throat> or to um, kind of get an idea of what a man is supposed to be in the headship of a family. Now, did, did James Evans ever have to state his claim? Did he ever have to negotiate? Did he ever have to go back and forth about his role in that household? You know, this is why I use James Evans instead of Bill Cosby in the Cosby Show. James Evans didn't make a lot of money. That was well known. He always struggled to support his family. But what James Evans did was he was steadfast. And he was the the center of that family. So even though he wasn't making bar- but barely enough, he still went to work. He still kept kept clawing at it. And then when he came home, if he said, this is what we're going to do, or you're not doing that, 
the family listened. Now, when the family didn't listen, they suffered the consequences. Got it. I wouldn't say Got suffer it. the consequences. I would just, I would say, you know, they would, uh, they would hear, um, he would, they would hear his voice opinion about it, and then it would be what he said it should be. And exactly. The, the, I mean, it, it was thing, a moment also. Right. But the best thing I like about James Evans is his wife backed him up, and if she didn't back him up, she didn't confront him in front of the children. And that's, I think that's where a lot of our mistakes are nowadays. Now, if the wife confronts the father in front of the children, that undermines his position as a man. So now the children are looking at, well, who's the boss here? You know, that's right. where we get this ask mom syndrome at. You know, I'll just ask mom. I'll just ask mom. Well, well mom said mom. this. Yeah, right, right. So, so... What happened to the James Evans? <clears throat> Where's he at? Where's that guy now? Um, <clears throat> we talked earlier about how there's no body on TV that's a James Edmund, James Edwards figure. I mean, nobody. There's, I mean, the, the shows that we have don't even resemble any kind of good times, anything. The war on the image of James Evans began the moment James Evans was created. Mm -hmm. Uh, The actor that plays James Evans, he was in a constant fight with the writers of the show Good Times. They would have these ideas, and the actor, I can't remember his name, Amos, I think. Uh, He would bug back and tell them, no, I'm not doing that. That's That's not what a man would do. And they'd have all these ideas, you know, James has a drinking problem or James cheats on Florida. And he would never do it. So finally they fired him and killed James off. And if you notice, at that moment, it was never the same. Well, what happened after James James Evans was the birth of Ike Turner. Now, even though that wasn't a TV show, but that was still, when people talk about Ike Turner, they talk about this man that was abusive to his wife, right? But he was still that man. You follow what I'm saying? So that was the new, okay, well, now we're going to give them this. James, James Evans is dead, but we're going to give him this Ike Turner that because I said so. And if it doesn't happen the way I say so, there's real consequences that are going to happen, like you said earlier. Yeah, and you know, the prolification of negativity, of negative acts. I mean, you had the Ike Turners. Um, you had the men who could never settle down with one woman. They had to have multiple wives. Or, you know, you had the guys, the only time they were on TV was when they were with their white wives. You never even knew they had a black wife. They would never show pictures of the the famous person with his black wife and black kid, they would only show the white wife, you know. So the image that Hollywood and the media portrayed is very calculated. Sure. Now, I would say that if we watched Good Times or we remember the reruns or the original shows, that we were back in an era where that was symbolic of our households. 
that we probably had our own James Evans as our father. And I think that there's a difference now between um, the way we are, the gentlemen on these calls, versus the younger men that you see in the street right now. Um, and they may not have an inkling of who that man is or who that man is supposed to be or what he looks like. You know, so now they've got this warped idea of what it means to be a man. And I'm not sure even what it is, even talking about it, but I know it's warped because we have that model that we can go back to. You know what I'm saying? And this guy didn't make a lot of money, but he still led his house. When, when, when the kids acted up, they knew they would come home and they would have to deal with Mr. Evans. Now, something totally different. These kids act up and they have to deal with the system because there's nobody at home half the time that's going to reprimand them. So what, where did that disconnect come in? I think life began to imitate art. That's what I think. Okay. That's, uh, you know, I think one part of it is life began to imitate art and, um, a negative connotation was placed on, you know, the James Evans. You know, he's too he's too aggressive or, you know, it's barbaric the way he thinks or it's chauvinistic, you know. And, you know, I hear that stuff today, you know, when I have a conversation with the opposite sex and I tell them, you know, how, how my house operates. And they consider it very chauvinistic you know but one thing that I am teaching my daughters that a lot of daughters don't don't learn is how a man is supposed to act is supposed to carry himself how how you interact with a man what you expect a man to do and a lot of a lot of people don't get that yeah and I think it's interesting you say that about the I guess the whole chauvinistic sexist piece because, you know, there are some people who think that this show is sexist um, and have remarked as such um, just for the fact that we don't allow women to speak and primarily because of the fact that we are leaders in our households. Yes, there's a a partnership. We're not dictators, but just the fact, just the mere fact that there's a head coach, not two assistant coaches, um, people have remarked that this show is sexist and, and potentially chauvinistic. And I think it goes back to what you said about uh, James Evans. When he was introduced, uh, there was a chipping away at that idea of a strong man, a leader in the household. Um, and unfortunately, as like you said, I mean, as soon as he was introduced, it was like, oh, no, 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 this guy, he's too, too this, too that. And then, you know, now here we are. Now here we are with pink sneakers, pants around our behinds and wearing blouses. <laughs> and dresses. Yeah. Mm. And man, wow. and man bags. Yeah. I remember... Swear up and down, we men. Swear up and down, we the hardest men in the world. But looking like, you know, you're fashionable. And that makes sense. 
but that's good. That's good words because it makes sense. I remember, you know, raising daughters and getting to the point where I would take one to school in the morning and they'd be they missed the bus and I had to give them a ride. And you know, I'd be in the car because I'm ready. I'm in the car, and she'll come out, and I'll be like, "Whoa!" Now you know, these Maryland schools, they high school started to crack a dawn. So if you ain't up half the time, you don't know what your kids are wearing to school. And I get that. But a couple of times, I, you know, I was, I was able to see it. And I say, no, you can't wear that. You got to go back upstairs and change. Yeah, but I'm late. I don't care how late you are. You're not <laughs> wearing that, and I'm not delivering you to school with that on. So you go change that. Now, what I was talking about fashion, see, I know that I didn't buy those clothes. There's no way. But she still got them some kind of way. Whether she got them from her mother, whether the Christmas money, birthday gifts, or whatever, somebody bought these clothes that I totally disapprove of. So being the man, I had to stand my ground and say, okay, we are not going to look like that in public. And then I went as far as saying, have you ever seen your mother look like that? You've never seen your mother look like that, so why are you dressing like that? You know what I'm saying? And so the same question I'm asked today with these young men, you know, when it's cool to have your underwear, and I'm not talking about an accident where your belt just accidentally slipped off. I'm talking about your belt starts to fasten under your butt. Who is saying, okay, what man in the, in, what man is saying, nah, Slim, we ain't doing that? I didn't, I didn't wear my pants like that when I was growing up, so you're not going to wear your pants like that now. When did that become acceptable? What man is actually letting that happen? I think you answered your own question. Because there is no man saying, you know, as you said with your daughter, like, you're not wearing that. So, unfortunately, there is no man saying, pull your pants up. You know, so, I mean, that I think you answered your own question. As the brother said, the quote-unquote James Evans of the home has disappeared. Nah. Yep. All the way you see him is on DVD, bro. <laughs> there's too many. But there's too many out there. There's too many. I mean, no, we we're out here. We're fighting. We're fighting, but we'll never get any publicity. We'll never get any media time. Now, if I cheated on my wife, you know, or did some other shenanigans, then, yeah, I'd be famous. I'd be a millionaire, multimillionaire. <laughs> I'd be paid handsomely for ignorance. Mm-hmm. Ignorance sells. Wow. I get it. I, I hear you. Let me not say I get it. I hear you. But what I'm looking at right now is a huge disconnect. And the reason why I say that is because it's, it's like an epidemic of, of young men that rather look gay I mean, it is what it is, and look like a man, and nobody's saying, hey. I mean, there's nobody in the household. I can't believe that there's nobody in the household. There's too many of them that's doing it. So when you say there's no good men, so the men in the house, for some reason, aren't acting like men in the house. Is it safe? Well, well, I think a lot of the men in the house are either their kid's friend or uh, they just don't care. 
you know, I think some men just don't care. The men that are in these houses where, you know, the boys wearing whatever, I think they don't care. Um, I don't associate with any men. And I have a lot of friends. I don't associate with any men that allow their kids to dress in that manner, their sons right. to dress in that manner. I don't associate with any of them. Family, family either. You know, I don't have any. Uh, my nephew doesn't dress like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, there are we are out there. You know, the lessons are being taught, but like I said, who gets the exposure? Exactly. If an, if a car accident happens in front of my house, and you got my son, and then you got somebody else's son, and the newscaster got a choice in asking this person what happened, they're not going to go to my son. Clean cut, well-mannered, dressed normally, neatly. They're going to go to, you know, pants hanging around his butt. Can't conjugate his <laughs> verb. <laughs> so, eating a piece of chicken. You know, that's who they'll go to. And that's not that's not by accident. I'm trying to tell y'all, man. Yeah, well, the problem I got, the problem I have is just, uh, you know, even as fathers in the home, we say these things to our children. And, um, and once we say these things to our children, we go to the school, and they're in the school, and they're not what we told them, or they're not in the school what we they left the house in. Oh, man, come on now. Even James Evans had children didn't listen all the time. I mean, that, that's in every household. I mean, the children are going to buck against the rules. But yep. it's what you do when they buck against the rules, when you find out. Instead of going and sitting down and turning on the PlayStation or cracking some brews and sitting down and not can, when you find out they're breaking the rules, what you do, Darren? Oh, I take, it. I take care of it. There you go. That's what a man does. Okay. But it's a little bit different in this this day and age. Um, If you want to use James Evans as an example or that time frame as an example, you got kids in, in California wearing those pants, really, really skinny pants, and you got them in Michigan wearing that, you got them in Florida wearing that, you got them in New York wearing that. Whereas before, we just didn't have the internet and all that other stuff, how everybody across the nation going to know to wear that? Before, you might have had somebody, say, in New York or something wearing like that or L.A. or some city, but it wouldn't spread across the nation. It, well, right. It, it's just, there's so much access to information, so whatever is popping and whatever rapper makes something sound like it's popping, you know, everybody can see it, and then it spreads across the nation. So, uh it's far more. It's far more easy to influence the whole nation, uh, and, and so that's what we're up against compared to in the late in the eighty in the late seventies and eighties, and when James Evans was around. I think that's the problem. Is just the information is so readily available that it makes it really difficult for parents nowadays. Right, and you know, social media is excellent at perpetuating ignorant trends. It really is. And, you know, this whole concept of sagging, this is nothing new. Uh, I'm sure all of you all know sagging came from the penal system. So if you wore your pants sagging, that means you belong to somebody. And the reason why your pants sagged at a certain point was because whoever you belonged to, they had easy access to that butt. That's where sagging came from. 
Exactly, and you're 100% correct. But you've known this for a while, and so have I. Right. So if we've known this for a while, the word should be out, hey, dude, you look like a Maytag, because that's what they call it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what th- – that's you say a Maytag? Called a Maytag. Maytag. So, yeah, so that's what they call it. The Maytag repairman? Not like a repairman. It's just called Maytag. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. That's just what what it's called. But 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 anyway, so that's what you look like in real life out here in the streets. Right. You know what and, I'm saying? And how is – go ahead, go ahead. And you want to know how is it that is known what the origins of this and why did the kids do it? Mm-hmm. It's a bucking mechanism. It's a way to be defiant, to have your own swag, I think that's what they call it. Okay. That sets them apart. Got it. Got it. So You know, just like so we what? were with drawing the faces on our jeans and ripping the holes, you know, they've taken a trend that's extremely degrading and adopted it as their own. You know, this is this is what we this is what we are. You see everybody doing it. You see girls doing it, you see white guys doing it, you see, I mean everybody doing it. We should do it. I can't do it. We should do it. No, I can't do we, it. And 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 we should us grown men should go to our school, to the kids' school, what our pants hanging down. And see and just, just to see now tell me how ridiculous this looks when you see your father doing it. How embarrassed would they be then? It's cool for your little boyfriend to do it, but what wait, wait till I do it and let's see what happens. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes it's I mean you gotta take extreme measures. That might be a, a bit extreme. But what I'm saying is it just doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. But again, even as a practical joke, they will probably look at it like, yeah, maybe that doesn't look cool. Yeah, but, I feel where, but but where do we go from here? How hard is it going to be for us as men to straighten this thing out? I don't think it's going to be quote unquote straightened out. I think uh, it's going to continue. Uh, the way it is. I mean, those of us who have good morals and principles and we raise our kids as such, our kids go out and we pray they have good morals and principles when they run their house or live in their house, and and that's the way it goes. I mean, you're fighting against a huge uh, machine, social media, I mean, TV, I mean, trends, I mean, all of that stuff. And so... Some things you can stop, some things you can't stop. I mean, some things they just see as trendy and and harmless, and it's not that deep for them. You know, some of them feel like, hey, who cares if I sag and wear pink pink Jordans? As long as I got a 4.5 GPA and I've been accepted to every school I applied for and then some, what's the problem? If that's the case, though. Yeah, that's that's a rarity. Because we, we all know, usually the ones that dress a certain way, you can just about guess what that GPA is. <laughs> but that's called being prejudiced. What is it? What is that called, being prejudiced or stereotyping? What is that called? 
stereotypes. I know they got a label for this stuff now when you try to correct them. Mm-hmm. But I think to the question, I think it's uh, it's an uphill battle, definitely. I think we have to acknowledge that. Um, and the first thing being is that, as someone said earlier, you know, I have a son. He's uh, almost two. It'll be two in a couple of weeks. But you will not find him out in public uh, looking that way because I am present and engaged in my home. Um, so, so many other uh, young men, unfortunately, don't have that. So it's uh, it's really an uphill battle um, that we're facing. I think that we have to be honest and acknowledge that, that it's not going to be easy. But I think that where we start is uh, as we're doing here, you know, just uh, a revival of, of men and trying to get at least a small group of men uh, together and on the same page, um, and then hopefully that'll, that'll spark and, uh, you know, just take off in, in, in the right direction. But you have to start small and then grow organically. But I think we have to be honest with ourselves and just simply acknowledge that it is an uphill battle. Another thing that um that I've noticed, because I've been really paying attention to this, um, Things are different. We've never really dealt with anything like this. And um, part of the change came as a result of of capitalism, basically. And what happened was um, corporations trying to make more money, what they started doing with uh, commercials and advertisements is they started trying to make everybody in the household a decision maker. The, The companies know that if you can... Instead of putting pressure on a parent to get them to buy their child, whatever, they put the pressure on the child to make the parent get it for them. So they, the commercials and advertisements, they need to make everybody in the house a decision maker. So back when James Evans was around, it was one, maybe two decision makers in the house. Now it's however many people are in the house. That's how many people think they're decision makers. And it's so bad, they even got the dog as a decision maker. They got the commercials to put pressure on you to consider the dog. And that's the problem. So they tailor these commercials and these advertisements to make the seven-year-old a decision maker, to put the pressure on the parent to buy the product, as opposed to catering to the parent and making it to the parent's decision. The parent's decision. And that's something that we're up against that we were never up against before. So whatever we do, it's going to have to be something new and fresh because we've never had this condition before. Mm, that's deep. That's deep. Good words. Yeah, that is deep. That is deep. <clears throat> and my house, you know, I don't care how much TV you watch, how much time you spend on eBay. If you don't have that cash to get it, you ain't no decision maker. <laughs> but that still doesn't stop them from believing they are. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, for years, Toys R Us and and all those companies have been coming out every year with the flashy flash. You know, this is the newest thing that you got to get. Even these cell phones now. You know what I mean? You got to get the new cell phone. Yeah, they put pressure on us through the kids. But at some point, we got to say, well, no. What? How, why do you deserve this? This? this new latest, greatest technology? What have you done to get it? You know what I'm saying? And if the answer is, well, I want it just because it's new, that's not good enough. So you, if, if they come back and say, well, I'm doing everything you asked me to do, then okay, then you have that discussion. But just to buy it just because it's there doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make you 
I think a um, a head of the house when you are making decisions like that based upon economics. The the issue to me is is still the fact that that. Say back in the fifties, they used to do the same thing with the. Um, they knew that the woman was ultimately the decision maker when it came to spending money, so they would cater tailor commercials to the woman. And and but now they're tailoring to the woman and to the kids and to the and they just want everybody to believe they're a decision maker. And it's it really it can tear a family apart because once you as the the head of the household put a stop to it they don't easily accept it. <laughs> you know, they either get really, really frustrated because they believe, based on the way the commercials are, that they're, you know, and basically that they're a decision maker. The companies know that that's the best way to get, you know, produce revenue and to get things bought. So they tear your family apart through advertising. They don't care. They don't care about it. You know, they just want you to come buy the product. You know, and that's what we, basically that's what we up against so much. And then, and then we got the social media, all that other stuff, kind of lightweight supporting it all. And then, and then in the families that it works, you know, they put it on social media, and and, and it even helps the companies even more. We have the. I'm not even going to say we really have divided families as much as we have cocky family members, I guess. More so than uh, than it was back in, you know, before uh, social media and before exposure was so so big. I get that. Make good sense. Let me ask you a question. When you get married, is your wife and family used as a gauge to measure your manhood? Do people look at you by the size of your family or the things that you've done for your family or the things that you've acquired in this marriage? Do they use that as a gauge of your manhood? Most definitely. I don't even think just the family. I think society in general does that. Okay. Okay. Is that something that is something that makes us feel as though we've we've arrived because we've acquired these things? As far as a measure of success, um, I think a lot of people judge, judge, you know, judge themselves and people by, you know, he who dies with the most toys wins. Yeah, I think it could be looked at as a as a measure of success, um, definitely, because <clears throat> you look at a man with a wife and kids, um, and career and successful. Um, businessman or entrepreneur or whatever, what have you, and compare that man to a single man. And, of course, the you look at one and you're like, eh, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, you're not married. Um, maybe he has kids, you know, from previous relationships. But I think that society does measure, put a measure of success on it, um, unfortunately. But, I mean, it's... I don't. I don't know if it's unfortunate or fortunate because there is some success in raising a family. I mean, that's what we're all put here to do. 
you know, is to be fruitful and multiply and all that good stuff. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it is some measure of success, and I don't know if it's an unfortunate thing. Um, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And the reason why I ask that question is because, you know, when you when you start talking about manhood, there's so many different, I would say, levels. So I remember when I was a teenager, they would say, okay, when you get hair in your chest, it's manhood. When you get to 21 and you can order a drink at the club, now you're a man. You know what I mean? So there's different, there's different places, thresholds that we have to cross to get to that point. And I think that every single one of them, there was a little bit of pressure and achievement attached to it. So by the time you get to the point where you, you say, okay, well, now I'm going to have this family. I'm going to get married. The pressure of that, now I'm considered a man because I have this wife and this family and I've acquired this house and this car and all that thing, but then I'm still trying to figure out, now that I have it, what do I do? You know what I'm saying? So is it an added pressure that comes with that title once you acquire these things? You know, and that's the issue because a lot of people don't stay married. A lot of men don't act like men when they, when they achieve these, these things. You know, they get in there and they fold under pressure. You know, so are those, I mean, and and like you said, Rodney, it could be a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing too. So, you know, you and I talked earlier about, you know, men continually trying to sharpen each other's iron to stay sharp. So is that, once you uh, achieve all these things, what are the goals that you, or, or what are the things that you have to do to maintain them? And continue to be considered a man? What are the things that you have to keep doing? I think like you just said, I mean, you have to con- it's always continually try to improve. And, you know, like you said, with the whole point of, uh, you know, getting married, having children, you have to man up when you do that. And unfortunately, that's why going back to the, the single man, I think that's some of why, Society looks at that man like, mm, you know, what kind of man is he? Because it is definitely it's worthwhile work, you know, uh, having a, you know, being married and raising kids. But at the same time, it is is difficult, and you have to, you know, as the old adage goes, you have to man up. And I think that everybody knows that is no secret. Um, and you know, the question I wanted to ask, you know, on the back end of that is that if 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 a dude dates a woman for over 10, 15 years, same woman, they just date, just date, just date, 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 date. Maybe they had kids, maybe they don't, but that's irrelevant. But if, if, if a dude dates a woman for 10 years or more and, and refuses to marry her, is he a man? Like, is that what a man does, continues to date a woman and just – when it comes to marriage talk or getting married, it's like nah. Is that a, is is he a man? When 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 a dude does that, is that a man? Is that what men do? That's a great question. I'm I'm gonna let somebody else get it, but that's a great question. I mean, um, there's. I'm trying not to 
let's be careful, brother. Be careful. I've built some great uh, house of cards here so far, and I'm trying not to demolish them. Um, <laughs> if the woman allows it, um, and maybe he won't marry her because, uh, maybe because Steve, as Steve Harvey said, she hasn't she hasn't required it. Mm. She has not required it, so it's a, it's a slippery slope. Because he, you know, he could be in a situation where he doesn't even see her in that light. She hasn't, she hasn't made him see her in that light. She hasn't demanded the appreciation on a wife status. She's just, you know, going along, humdrum, wondering will he ever propose. In his mind, you know, he, ten years in, he like, shoot, I think this is what she really wants. You know? So now, so do you think, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I know, no, I know I, you're I was, going. You know where I'm going. I'm coming in your house. I'm coming in your house. I know where you're going. And, if and you know, you I, like I said, that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a, that's a tough question. That's a tough I question. I mean, it ain't. It's not tough. And I'm glad that you said what you said. The reason I'm glad that you said what you said, because I'm going to say he's not a man. And this is why I'm going to say he's not a man, because of what you said. He is allowing her to dictate what he's supposed to do. Mm. Mm. And that's not what men do. That's a good point. Men don't do that. Men ain't waiting around for her to say, okay, uh, I'm tired of you dating me for 10 years. We're going to take the bull by the horn and dictate the situation and say, you know what, I'm going to make an honest woman out of you. I ain't going to shoplift the booty, and I'm going to go ahead and marry you and make it official. I think that's what men do. I think that's what we did. I kind of got to I I slightly disagree with it because you could be a man, and you could be handling your business, and, you know, you could not – I'm not now. Ten years is an extreme uh, example. No, it's not. Uh, happens all the time. No, it's not. It happens all the time, brother. Uh, well, well. Uh, I mean, for 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 my point, it's extreme. I mean, ten years. Yeah, you're right, T.O. Yeah, gotcha. But what about six months, eight months? What if they living together for one year? Nah, not, not long. long enough. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Okay, so what's where? Where's the where's the man timeline? When does the man timeline kick in? I'm gonna live with you this long before it's time for me to do the right thing. It's definitely See, well. Yeah, that's well what was me up. Year mark. Yeah, so take ten years out of it. It's a year. A year is not long enough, right? No. Two years. Maybe. Let's say just five years. Over five years, you need to make a decision. I agree. I have a question. I just based off the last statement where he said, when does a kid need to do the right thing? Doesn't making that decision, I'm going to live with you, if I'm saying that's the wrong thing, isn't that a lack of manhood? Mm. Wow. Because you're saying, I'm going to live with you for so long before I do the right thing. So I'm just I'm not entering into manhood because I'm going to do the wrong thing in Playhouse until I get to where it's the right thing. 
There's the monkey wrench. That's the monkey wrench. That's the monkey wrench. <laughs> Remember the, what he said, play house. Because men, real men, don't play house. Can we say mm. that? Mm. Yeah, we can say it. Now, it might be uh, politically incorrect, but you can say it. Can't say what? That real men don't play house. Oh, Rodney, don't let the new times scare you. They try to label you all kinds of stuff when you make a stance. Real men don't play house. There you go. Just go on and say it. That's the end of it. <laughs> yeah, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. <laughs> there he is. Oh, boy. There he is. Oh, oh boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. When did I hear real men don't play house? Really? <laughs> well, really? We're gonna go there, okay? First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, men, like we all saying men and everything. A man has a lot more to lose if he marries the wrong kind of partner. So when a woman brings the the the, the final say of basically threatening you and saying you better get married to me and this and that, like one brother said, maybe she doesn't deserve that title because it's us as men that make that choice to basically give you the title as a wife. It's not because my, you're my girlfriend of 20 years, but that means I'll give you that title of being a wife. A wife is not something you're going to give to any kind of woman. You're going to give it to a special kind, especially in 2014. Because if you don't, and if you don't think about it as a man, and you, you're not smart about it, you could jeopardize your whole life. And I've seen many men kill themselves. I've seen many men basically jeopardize everything that they work hard because they got married to the wrong woman. So right, let, me, let me ask you a question, brother. Why would you be with a woman for seven years like that if you know because, you never... Because a lot of times the guys think that maybe, she, maybe she's good, maybe she has 80% or 60% or 70% of what he wants. But she always believes that there's some stuff that... I'm not going to get married to that one because she needs to resolve that issue. Because he knows in his heart and in his mind that if he doesn't resolve that issue and everything, it's going to be problem. That's what a lot of men don't get. That's why some men even go to the point and say, okay, fine, I'll get married to her and every because she's bugging me and she's nagging me. Is that better? And then they find out later on the issue that they really said in their heart that was really bad comes back in the issue. Like the type no, so, who always yes. nag. Like the no. type who doesn't say to her husband after getting the ring and showing to all her sisters and all her friends, UPIA, I got a ring. Stop doing what she needed to do as a wife. Gain weight. Let herself go. Start nagging the man. Put him down. Doesn't believe in him. Doesn't have confidence in him. When he loses his job, it acts like you're a loser. And there's, that's why you have 50% divorce. Let's not get it twisted, man. Hey, everything you said just now was pretty scary, dude. Just saying. No. If you make <laughs> the wrong choice, it is scary. But if you make the right partner, it's not. You got to so, think about that. So let me ask a question. How for you, because we put a time on it. We just said 10 years is too long. Five years is too long. So how long do you think that you need to date a woman to figure out if she's married material or not? How long do you think? Well, I think you should. Date, you have to date at least a year with that person. And then you gotta live with that person and find out what it is. Because dating somebody and living somebody with somebody are two different things. Dating is very easy. People could show you the best way, their best side when you're dating them. Living with the person that shows you the truth of that, and, and that shows you definitely are you ready to be with that person? 
And if you are ready to be the best person and she has the thing that you have to do, then you have to, like you say, sometimes man up and say, okay, she's going to be the mother of my kid, and you do the thing right, which is get married before you have a kid. Let me ask a question. If Are we looking at this the wrong way? Shouldn't a man first be whole emotionally, spiritually, and physically first before he gets trapped? Because if he was whole, how would he get trapped? So we, we, we could, the conversation is around, if I pick the wrong one, if she's not right, i got to make sure everything's right. What if you're not right? No, I think what, the what if you're you, not whole? Yeah, you have, to, be, right. you have to be complete what if, first. What you, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. What if you're not whole first? And you're well, then, 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 then you shouldn't be dating. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing a lot of things. Well, I'm saying if, if I'm not whole, I'm going to make decisions like let's live together first and test it out four years, no. five years, ten years. No, because I've known, I've known. Man, what, what do you mean when you're saying a man has to be whole? Because I've known men who were whole in everything except when it came to relationship. And they weren't whole. You know? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically saying, I've gotten as far as I can go right now. I, I'm whole. I've taken care of a lot of my issues. There's going to be stuff that pops up here, but at this moment in time, before I decide to make this decision, a life-changing decision about marriage, I need to make sure I'm straight and not just trying to get right after we get into this thing. But does that does that does that dictate whether he's a man or not? If he has pretty much everything in order, I mean, he can still be a man and be damaged. He can have yeah. the best intentions in everything that he does, be flawed in all kind of ways. Just has the best intentions and the willing the willingness to try, and I think that makes him a man. Yeah. He can be. A, I would say he could be a man, but in the context of where I picked up in the relationships, I think you wouldn't want to say you're a whole man if you still got major issues to resolve. Because yeah. uh, I'm sorry to say, as a man, those those are the stuff that I don't hear you saying. You, I wish it was more like you said that both people take it. But as a man, I'm sorry. See the difference when a man get divorced and a woman get divorced. <laughs> Trust me not. You don't want to see the difference. I've seen a lot of divorced people experienced it. Um, and it's usually some of the same things. I went in and I wasn't ready. And I tried to act like I was or make immature decisions, getting trapped or getting pressured into it, and I just went along with it. Mm-hmm. Or I got what what you said before, which is a woman has to basically bring in and said, you better do it or else it's over, which yeah. is a big no-no that a woman should do. Well, that means that the woman is dictating the flow at that point. So you exactly. Yeah, and, and, that, and that just proves that it's a little boy looking for another mother. Yeah. Mm. The, question I would ask that, the question I would ask you guys and that, that woman is, maybe it's the woman that needs to look at herself and maybe I don't have the qualities that makes me a great wife. That's a question that I don't hear no man saying because you make it sound it's the man who has to be. What if you have a man who does what he needs to do? 
and meets a woman who doesn't do what she needs to do as a wife, what is a great wife? So, and that's a good question. But I think at some point, you have to start complimenting each other. At some point. You see what I'm saying? And if there's a lot of that not going on, then somebody was lying in the beginning or somebody wasn't ready. And I think for him saying that you have to be whole as a man, I think if you are whole as a man, there's ways that you can see that from happening before it happens. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. I just think that you will be better prepared once you're whole, like the brother was just saying. But, Tony, how do you know if you're whole or not? Yeah. Yeah, how do you know? Um, how would I know is if I don't need her. I mean, how would anybody know if they're whole? Well, like I said, for me, my gauge would be I don't need this woman. I don't need her to do anything for me. I'm going to be all right with or without her. You know what I'm saying? I'm all right spiritually. I'm going to be all right financially. I'm going to be all right emotionally without her. Because I've, 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 the demons that I've dealt with, I've got them under control. And I'm, you know what I mean? I'm mature enough to know what I need to do and bring into a relationship. So now at this point, I would like to have a mate. But not out of a necessity. But just something, this is something, this is the next step in my life. I've done it all, and this is the next step, is, 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 is finding a mate. Opposed to... I've been out in the club, and I'm just tired of sleeping alone at night. Or this, she looked fine. She got a big booty. and Let me hook up with her. Or just like the brother said earlier, you know, I was pressured into being with this person. You know, it's a decision that you make on your own because you're ready. And nobody has the influence over that decision but you. I agree. And that's a decision that real man, a real man is somebody who stands up with his principle. And basically, when a woman does that or does bring the pressure, he says, no, we're going to go to my flow, my train, or not. I'm not going to go to your train. Because if I do this in your train, I'll be miserable. <laughs> but, you know, we run into another issue based on what you just said, t about uh, being whole, is it takes a lot of on-the-job training to get there. So in the meantime, in the between time, you're having kids, you're involving other people, you're having relationships, you're taking up space, and, you know, so you got probably, it probably won't happen to you in your 40s oftentimes. And then so in between then, we're still raising kids and we're still getting in relationships and we're still claiming manhood and people are judging us as broken people, and they say, and if that's a man, then you know. So we, it's it's it still seems real complicated because we're still yeah. claiming manhood. Because like 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 Andrew said, how do you know when you're whole? And that's a good way to know, but you don't understand that probably until you get scrubbed against the ground enough or bang your head against the wall enough, and then you probably recognize and then start start making the changes. But you're 30 years old, you got 11 year old kids and raising people. You know. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't realize I was whole until I was about 45 years old. There you go. Well, I, I would say yeah. this, since I kind of brought up the whole thing, I would say the first thing I, is I would have to get my spiritual relationship right with, with, 
whoever you call God, I would say that that would be the first thing for me. But then you don't call anybody God. Well, then if you can call anybody God, I guess you're whole already because you're your own God. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying? I mean, everybody's at a different place. That's why I said. That's why I didn't want to speak specifically for my beliefs. I was just saying, whoever, whatever your spiritual belief is, get that straight first on the spiritual side. Um, but when, do you, say, you, when do you understand that though? Like when if you didn't understand that probably at eighteen. Well, I understood it when I was twelve. That's when I got my spiritual life together. Mm-hmm. With one decision of accepting Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that was straight for me since twelve because my belief system is he calls me and I don't. After that, I'm straight for eternity. Yeah, um, but it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. On, on a more on a more practical thing, if I'm ready to start accepting responsibility, that's a sign of wholeness. And if I'm ready to kind of lead and take on that responsibility, I don't have to have everything together. But if I'm ready to just say, okay. I'm accept responsibility for me and anybody else I bring into this relationship. And if I'm ready to lead and look past today to tomorrow, I would say that's the initial steps of becoming whole. Mm. And, 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 and good words. And Malcolm, I'm going to try to answer your question because you kind of drove down my driveway and, parked your SUV in my living room. Um, My first marriage uh, with two children, um, looking back on it, I would not say that I acted like a man because I did some things looking back on it that I would not do today. Um, And I had the job. I had the house, we had the cars, we had the bank accounts. We had all that good-looking stuff. And from the outside, I looked pretty mannish. Um, looking back now, after I figured it out, and it takes a while to figure it out. And you're right, there's bumps and bruises and, and trial and error and, and on-the-job training and all that. Um, um, but I had to make a decision going into the second marriage that I was going to be in it to win it. I was going to be, just like Alan said, accountable. I was going to take responsibility. I wasn't going to punk out and say it's her fault that things ain't going right. I had to accept responsibility, and I had to get my relationship with God right. You know what I mean? And understand that if I didn't do right, I would have to answer to him, which to me, I don't want to answer to him. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want to have that conversation of why am I not leading or why am I, you know, running out and, and, and looking for plan B's when he gave me a perfect plan A. You see what I'm saying? So you're 100% correct. There are bumps and bruises, but I think I had to figure out how to be whole before I could jump back into the game again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes perfect sense. But it, but that's not um, that's not practical based on the fact that God don't really want you to get a divorce in the first place, and that's almost not even pra- that that's not common considering a lot of people 
at least throughout history, got married, you know, in closer to 20 than they did to, to 40. And, yeah. and it's, you know, you just don't know anything. You know, you, you and then even for us to claim that we are whole at, say, like 40, 40-something, 40 we may realize at 70 that we really weren't. That was a whole lot of stuff we still were lacking and missing. And then at 70, we probably really got it together. Gotcha. Okay, but when you say get it together, now let's dig into this a little bit. When you say get it together, what do you mean by what do you mean by get it together? What does that mean to you? Uh, to me, I, I don't really know what it means. I know that some of us may claim it, and I know just the way that the history works, and I know the way that um, you know you're constantly growing every day that you're alive. In most cases, that you may think that and then find out you're not. But I don't. I don't know what it means, personally. No, no, but, 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 yeah, but, but to you, to you in your life, it's yeah. got to mean something, because you married, the, right? The best, married, the, yeah, the, married the, how long? the best way for me, the, the thing that have it together to me means that you have the best intent and the willpower to um, pursue that intent. To me, that means... Have it together. You can be. You can always get smarter, and you can always get more effective. But if you have the best intent and the willpower to execute and pursue it, to me that means having it together. Got it. Now there's certain things in your life that you're just not going to do, right? There's certain right. things that you just refuse to do. Even if you see your best homies do it, you can be like, "Nah, dude, I don't roll like that." But and I don't know where you're going with that. But that's been the case since birth. Since birth. There it is. Right. So when the brother said he had it together since he was twelve. Yeah. Now I'm not I'm not saying there's gonna be some stumbles, but there's certain things, there's certain accountabilities that you have as a young man that some people don't have. And I just think when you get it together you got to understand where you stand. Just like he said, your spiritual aspect has got to be number one. Because if you don't have accountability, if there's no repercussions for what you do, you'll do anything. And you may right. not make it in marriage. Not you. I'm just saying a person might not make it in marriage if they go hard and just will do anything. You agree? Right. You see what I'm saying? So I think that we get to a certain point we say, I can no longer be disrespectful to women. I can no longer be trying to holler at women on the job. I've got to respect my, my, um, my wife. I've got to be present with these kids. I've got to come straight home. I mean, there's certain things that you have to have your guidelines in order. When you say, these are the commitments that I have to make to this marriage and to this family, and that's when you know that you're on the right path. I do understand that you're going to slip and fall because marriage is hard, but you've got to get back up because failure is not an option. And that's a place that I think people have to get to to say, okay, I'm whole and I got it together. But I could be wrong. Well, ultimately, I, just as you're talking, it's just making me think about some of the, the things that I've thought about and everything. I guess really, if I wanted to put an, an exact definition on it, I think a person has it together when they have pretty much control of their um, of their of their emotions and they can still sustain love at the same time. So you're not going to get frustrated by um, everyday life events, things that kind of just happen on a daily basis won't 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 get to you. Um, for the most part, you probably won't get frustrated because you're wiser than than life basically you're you're wiser than life events 
and you're, 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 in, you're, you're more in control of your, your, your mind than the, than the things you experience. I, I would say that's, that's what having it together is. And, and part of what made me think about that is my pastor. He's, um, he's, uh, he's, he's got a, it's a 12,000 member church and he pastors other pastors all around the world and people really look up to him. And, and, uh, he's in his fifties and he's still finding out things that he's not doing correctly. And he's still having major revelations about how to deal with his children and how to deal with his marriage. And he talks to people all the time. He has all the insight in the world because he has a view into everybody's household, a lot of people's households. And he's still having revelations about things that he was doing wrong even to this day in his, in his, in his marriage. So I think that you're constantly growing. Will you ever have it together? Um, I mean, I'm not sure. No, probably not. I want to jump in. I just want to clarify one thing. What I was sure. saying was the only thing I had straight at twelve was my relationship with Christ. Um, but when I say I was whole before I entered into marriage fourteen years ago, was I was ready to do those things. I'm still a work in progress, and I think we'll all be work in progress as we <laughs> until we leave this earth. Um, I just say I was ready to accept the responsibility of a family. And I was ready to lead and, and you know, invest in people's lives that were entrusted to me. So I, I don't think we'll, any of us will ever go in and say, okay, I'm a finished product. Um, but I just think to say that your whole is I'm ready to do these things and I'm going to accept those responsibilities. Thank you for with that. that. With that being said, is this safe or what do you, what do you, you all think? Is it safe to say that there is that there's prob we'll probably be growing the rest of our lives and improving uh the rest of our lives, but is this safe to say that there is a particular level that's acceptable as claiming having it together? Like like a like just kind of a minimum where you can say, Okay, well, granted you probably will continue to grow and you will continue to get better and you will continue to whatever but there's a minimum that you can say, okay, for the most part, this individual has it together. I think that, and I'm going to answer that question the best way that I know how, and um, that's if I, if I were to ask that question, if I were to say I'm a man and I have it together in front of my wife, right, and she would probably say, I'll be the judge of that. Follow me? I think that um, when someone comes to you and says, you're doing a good job, I admire what you're doing. You are a role model to me. I think that that is the telltale when you've arrived somewhere. That, that's the gauge that you're on the right path. I don't think it's something that we can just acknowledge for ourselves because sometimes we can acknowledge the wrong thing. So I think when somebody confirms what you're doing or somebody wants to model their life their manhood after you, I think that that is something that will give you an indication that you're at least on the right path. I think each man should judge themselves based off of not what they're currently doing, but what they should be doing and trying to strive towards that. Because with that, uh, with you always chasing a better you, um, you would always come out on top. You always come out to be a better person and, you know, don't neglect anything anybody says, but just know it can be always something done better. You know, we're not all perfect, 
but um, we would we, sh- we that doesn't mean we should be tri- we should not be striving for perfection. You know, I tr- I strive for perfection every day, um, and I get it, I miss the I miss the ball every day, but that doesn't stop me from trying every day. That doesn't mean I shouldn't try just to say you know I can't since I can't be perfect. I'm not going to try to be perfect. That just means, you know, just say, I'm going to try it again today. And my answers to my wife might not be um, as she wanted. It might not be what she think it should be, but it's going to be an answer that I have to live with because the ultimate decision is mine. And if anything if anything goes wrong, then I have to live with that. And I'm, I'm willing to do that, you know, based off of, uh, you know, uh, my position in the home. I have to do what I have to do, and it might upset some people, you know, and it might not, but either or, I'm going to be the ultimate one that's going to have to make this decision and live with it. Does that answer your question, Malcolm? Um, no, because, I mean, I was just saying, is there just a minimum level that we can accept? As adequate for claiming you have it together, and, and you and you and you made it, that that's what you said, T Hawk. That's fine, and, and even what you said, Darren, and that's fine. And I guess it's a, to each individual, you know, that that's that's what it is. But at, with, with that being said, is that the gauge that you actually use? Mm. But the gauge, to me, a, a gauge is not something that you say, "Hey, this is what caused me perfect," or "This is what." What's going to be the cause of me being a man? Not 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 perfect. Minimally able to claim you have minimal, minimal. Okay, even in even minimally, you know, a gauge shouldn't be. Uh, it, it should. It's not on a piece of black and white paper to say, okay, this is this is the minimum I should do, or this is the minimum as I should be calling myself a man. This is the minimal. No, it, it shouldn't. It should never be a minimal because, you know, if you if you're looking at minimal. Then, if you get comfortable with that, then you'll never strive for what it could be, the potential that it could be. Well, Darren, will you ever claim yourself as having it together? Never. Okay. Let other people do that. Let other people tell you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I let other people do that. And if they say it, will you accept it? No. Uh, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll say thank you. With humility, and at the same time, I'll say, okay, I have to go to that next level, meaning that, you know, this is okay for me. This is okay for my family, and this is okay for other people. But you also got to look at the people who are saying that to you. They just might be lacking in something. You can you can just have a, a nicer car than them, and they say, man, you got it together. But you haven't beaten your wife. You know, so they're together in your togetherness in in their eyes, you know that's not a togetherness in your eyes. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I don't. I, I I disagree. I think I disagree in that. I believe that if you kind of have, have seen enough, um, if you're um, um, sincere enough, you can set goals. In my opinion, at least, you can set goals to say, you know, or you can look at your own life and know your own thoughts and and, and actually claim, you know, I, I kind of got it together. I'm a good guy. I'm I'm effective. I have the best intentions. I love my family. Um, me and my my wife have a great relationship. I have great relationships with my friends, and 
I have contingency plans just in case financially things don't go right. And, and, and actually recognize that you have it together and accept that. You know, I, I believe but, you, can, you, can, you can see it and, and say it. But you, but, you know, me and you talk a lot. And you say, sometimes you, I've, well, you, you said before, man, hey, man, you're really doing your thing. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, well, in your eyes I'm doing this thing. But in my eyes, it, it doesn't seem like I'm doing this thing that you see. Mm. So if I settle that there, if I settle right there and I say, okay, Malcolm said I'm doing my thing, then I can relax now. And that's but that's why I say that. That's why I say that. That's why I say I don't agree that it has to do with other people actually saying it to you. No, you I mean, to do with, yeah, I have to do with yourself. Yeah, you have to do with your own standard of what you believe of yourself. It has nothing to do with other people. Sure. I I just don't know if manhood is rated that way. I don't think you can rate manhood like you can. If one day you're in the gym maxing 250, and then the next week you're maxing 300, or you're a racer and you're trying to beat your your your, your time from month to month, I think manhood is something that we don't have a choice. Okay, whether we suck at it, whether we're great at it, we don't have a choice. It's something that we'll all have to do at some point. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're good at it or you're not good at it, you don't have a choice. Just like the guys saying, man, I take care of my kids. What y'all talking about? Well, you're supposed to take care of your kids. So there's not any really, you know, you're not, you're not impressing anybody by doing that. You're supposed to. You see what I'm saying? So I just think that at the end of the day, we've got to remain humble with it, and we'll take the little accolades as we get them along the way, but you've got to, because manhood is going to throw you curves, just like marriage. One, and just like Dan was saying, and I agree with him, you think you've got it together, and then your daughter comes home at 16 pregnant. And you're like, how did that happen? But man, you know what I'm saying? You can't, I don't, in my personal opinion, you can't judge manhood on how perfect your kids turn out. You, I think you can, you can judge it on your, on your effort at, at raising them correctly and, they, on your, and in your sincerity and in, and in what you consider as being fair throughout the process. You know, but if your kid turns out and adult children realize no matter how much you do, they got a decision to make. But listen, but the real is, once it happens, is that what you're feeling? Think about it. Once it happens to you, are you feeling that? Well, she had her own decision to make. No. you feeling, where did I go wrong? You're probably not feeling that, but you're probably emotional about it too. So you can't you can't trust that. Yeah, but if you don't, if if in that situation, you if you don't ask yourself where did I go wrong, what happened? If you don't take responsibility for that, there's no manhood there. Because a manhood is going to take responsibility up for anything that happens under his roof. Anything you say, yeah, I raised my kids right. I didn't raise them. They're outrageous. They they're out of line. Whatever. It's under your roof. It's on your watch. And if wait, 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 watch, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me that as a man who I'm responsible for other people's decision or action? If another person, a wife or a kid or your own kid decides to kill somebody or doesn't, is it my fault? Is it, is it my fault as a manhood? If I did everything I needed to do as a parent, I am responsible for that? No, you're not responsible for that can't be responsible for everybody. That's called responsibility. Responsibility is responsibility of yourself. 
That's what the word responsibility is, not responsibility of other people. No, what he's saying, uh, Stan, is I'm sorry, I think his name is. No, but yeah, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. You can go ahead and uh, laugh. Okay, what what he's saying is, you know, if you are the father and you are the husband, you're responsible for that whole entire family. You you're responsible. I mean, who's the teacher call if your son? Uh, do something at school or your daughter does something at school or wear something at school improperly, they're going to call dad and mom. They're not going to call the next-door neighbor because they're calling the person who's responsible. So he's saying that, you know, since you're ultimately responsible, especially being the head of household, uh, then you're you're responsible for making sure things go well. I mean, if, if somebody's breaking in the house, I think you made this analogy a couple of weeks ago, somebody breaking in the house, the woman is not the one that's going to be responsible to go downstairs and see what's going on. The man is, you know. So the same good thing goes with, you know, your children or your wife or your household or if food is not on the table, you're responsible. So that's all he was saying. Yeah, no. yeah. And you feel and you feel responsible when it goes down. You know, you could. And again, I'm not saying what he's saying is 100% not true. Because they are people that should be responsible for their own actions at some point. But if it's under your roof and it happens, like my daughter got pregnant at 17, under my roof. Let me say 16, under my roof. And I was hard on myself. I was like, how did I let that happen? What did I do? Because it's on my watch. I fell asleep you, on the job at some point. You feel me? Did you think that you did something wrong, that she got pregnant? Yeah, I did. Did, and the first thing was I divorced her mother. So you know, who knows what that could have started? Right. You feel what I'm saying? Who knows what windfall or drama that started? You know. But then I had to man up and say, okay, well now the situation is here, and it is what it is. Now our family just got larger, and let's keep it moving. But okay, and I and I understand that, and and I don't know the circumstances or, or even the time frame. I think you might have mentioned it before on when sure. you got divorced. But I mean, you can go back to the beginning. You could probably take it even further than than marriage. You could have probably said, I don't know. You could take it back to sports. You made the wrong decision. You threw an interception, and then that kind of messed you up a little bit psychologically, and 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 it, it affected the rest of your decision. You can take it back, and and probably identify all kind of things that cause your child to get pregnant, you know, at at 16. Um, And it may have been due to divorce, or maybe you weren't raised right, or maybe your dad wasn't raised right, or his grand... I mean, I don't think it's fair to take it... Unless you can pinpoint exactly what it was, all I think you can do is say, I tried my best, and and accept that, you know? That doesn't stop you from thinking that, man, this is... this. Uh, what I could have done different. Maybe I worked too much. Uh, that doesn't stop a person. Darren, you know, you know what I do, right? The thing of it is, okay, I trade, I trade stocks, right? You cannot do that. That's a that's a damaging way to think. But to, to go back don't and say what you don't understand could have, would have, should have, if during the whole time you're trying your best. But people now, if you who trade trying stocks your don't best, know, you can go ahead. You probably deserve. To be, you know, beat up on. To but beat up on yourself. People, people trading stocks, there's no attachment. It, it's short-term. Those are, 
day trading or whatever it is, there's short-term attachment to most of those stocks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. You can't no, it, 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 it is based on the time it. frame, but, the, but the, the effect is the same. It's, you, ha, you cannot dwell on the decisions that you made as long as you made them with the best intentions in mind, as, as long exactly. as you made them based on the best information you had at the time. No, I agree with him because if you don't do that, then you're basically believing in yourself and putting yourself down. you, you got to look at yourself honestly, but you don't have to go overboard also. I agree. I agree both what you're saying. You have to look at yourself honestly of what you've done, but you don't have to. But I know some men will go the other side and say, it was completely my fault. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, let's not go no, no, all no. the way there also. Yeah, and I stand, trust me. It's never going to be completely your fault. Trust me. But at some point, and I think the point that we're trying to make here is that you have to take some responsibility, some, yeah. for what happened under your watch. And if you don't feel it, if you take the thing, well, that's your life, good luck, you made that decision, then you're not ready for it because that's not the way it goes. When you step up and say, okay, I'm going to have this family, I'm going to have these kids, I'm going to take care of them, and I'm going to make sure that they're all right until they leave this house, then everything under that under that umbrella you're responsible for that's all mm-hmm. and if something happens you have to feel it you have to say okay well what what could i have done differently for this not to happen because right. my goal was for it not to have a baby early and to go to college and now those plans are are, are, are different now so now we got to go with a plan b because you got to come up with the plan b because at 16 they don't have a plan b so it still falls <laughs> back on you anyway but to me in my opinion that's where the manhood kicks in now you got plan b you're rolling with it. You're still going to make sure that success happens. Maybe it didn't happen. It didn't be. It wasn't executed with your perfect plan A. But you. But you know, at 45, your child is healthy, saved, raising her kid, happy, and and has a job. And you know, and that's success to me. Just because it didn't go flawlessly doesn't mean you doesn't mean you messed up, or doesn't mean. That's, I don't think it's, a, it's something you didn't want to happen, but who's to say that that's a bad thing she got pregnant early? No, no, yeah. no, no. I, I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question mm-hmm. in, with regards to plan B. And the question I want to ask is that does a man have a plan B prepared? And, you know, regarding your situation, Mr. Host, as far as, did you have to come up with a plan B, or were you already? Did you already have something um, in your mind, or did you do any sort of planning as far as what if she gets pregnant, or did you just like, oh, you know, she's pregnant. Now we move on to plan B. Was it like spur of the moment, or and and again going back to my whole question, like does a does a man like have a plan B already intact, and maybe a plan C, or do you just kind of fly by night, you know, oh, here's the news. Let's let's come up with a plan B at this time. That's the that's the beauty of what we do here on Tuesday nights. <laughs> and not trying to toot the horn of this show, but I mean it really <laughs> is. Because the question that you just asked is something that somebody else can grab and that's why I told myself on the block. On the chopping block. You say, okay, well, this is what happened to me. I'm not telling you something I read. I'm not telling you something somebody else told me. This is what happened to me, and this is how I dealt with it. 
So that'll give other people say, well, now I can have a plan B for that. Because y'all, most of y'all got, got young girls. Yeah. And you don't ever want to be on the receiving end of that phone call when it's, oh, guess what? Your daughter's pregnant. And you know she's still in high school. And you know that you've been present as a parent. You've been at PTAs. You've been at the sporting events. You've been, you know, birthdays. And all you've done all these things the way you're supposed to do them in line. And that still happens. You feel what I'm saying? That, that, so, sounds, that sounds so backwards to me. Okay. What you just said, it sounds like a contradiction uh, because you just said you did everything you're supposed to do, and it still happened. Yeah. How 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 is that how is that a contradiction? I'm, I'm lost. Okay, if you did everything you're supposed to do, what more could you do? No, you feel as though I felt as though I did everything I was supposed to do, but I, evidently I didn't. I mean, right or wrong. That, how can you how can you take credit for that flaw? How can you 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 only know what you know? And at the time, you made the, the best decisions based on what you knew. What are you blaming yourself for not being as wise at 30 as you are at 40? Yeah. So, you know, how, 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 I agree with him. How can you, especially if you told your daughters about birth control and things like that, let's say she made the decision not to use that birth control or not to protect herself or not to tell her uh, the boyfriend or the man to use a condom. How could you be responsible as a father for that situation when you did tell her this situation? Hey, but listen to what he said. Listen, listen to what he said, though. He said, that's the beauty of this show, that somebody might hear this and they don't have a plan B because they feel that they have done everything that they were supposed to do. If you mm-hmm. think that everything that you're supposed to do, you don't have to have a plan B because your daughter ain't going to get pregnant. But then it's so much of a disappointment to yourself that, man, how could I let this happen? You're not going to stop. You can't. I'm, some people can't. Some people is just as raw dog and think that, okay, it ain't my fault. Plan B, let's go. You know, but some people who really care. I know if I, if by me having custody of my children, it would be such a disappointment if my daughter got pregnant that I would probably beat myself up too because I'm thinking that I got it together. I'm thinking that I went to every PTA meeting. I went to every, I mean, I was home every day. I didn't go on long vacations, you know, I mean, long work extended um, uh, uh, projects. And I was at home all the time. How could this happen right up under my nose? And at, at, at first you were thinking that, man, how did this happen? You know, what did I do wrong? Did she do it to get back at me? Was I not here enough? Should she should have stayed with her mom? These are things that can't be helped because you love your child and then you, you stuck in a state of confusion that you're kind of thrown off base. Not to say it's your fault or not, but that's what you think when you are a father in this position. That's what you're thinking. If you love your daughter or your son, that's what you're thinking. You know, I, I, and, and that that, bring, that brings me to, to my thoughts as far as, I mean, I'm not trying to change the subject. Uh, I want to go ahead and answer your question, Ronnie, because I have a, um, a situation that happened to me that I kind of want to get out to let you know hey, but, that. Hey, but go, Darren, go ahead. I, I, hey, I want to add something because he asked about the uh, plan B. Yeah. Can everybody hear me? Yes. 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 Yeah, I think uh, one of the things, and I think this goes along with just how 
we're taught to be as a man is is how we're taught to think about ourselves and how we're taught to think about just life in general. And I'll just stick with the plan B situation. Most of us have been taught and continue to think in, in terms of uh, things being very linear. And what I mean by that is, you know, if we if we do if we do these certain things, there are certain expectations that we're going to have in place for ourselves. However, um, I'll pose this to you. We need to be taught how to look at the world from a dynamic standpoint because if you look at the world from a dynamic standpoint, then automatically you're going to think that anything is possible to happen. And so mentally you go through the steps, how can I prepare myself for these things? And that's the way that I think. I think in terms of being dynamic. I'm like, based on the how the chips fall, these are the scenarios that are at play, the probability that are at play, and here are the least probable scenarios that are at play. And then I prepare myself accordingly for that. So it's not necessarily do I have a plan B per se, is if these things were to happen, what am I, what, how am I, what, how am I going to respond to that? You know what I'm saying? And then I go from there. I don't, I don't, I don't say, well, I need a plan B for this or I need a plan A for that. I basically say these are the things that probably could happen and these are the things that could happen. And then based off of that, I say, okay, if this were to happen, how do I respond? And then from there I say, okay, is that response going to be great or bad? And then if it's going to be bad, I say, well, how do I prepare myself to prevent that from happening? You know what I mean? That's a dynamic can, thing. It's easy to say that when you when the when the dynamics is so um, wide open and and probably certain. Like, okay, if I pass this test, uh, plan A is this, that, and the third. If I don't pass this test, plan A is this, that, and the third. But when you talk about your children, your daughter used to be six yesterday, and today she's 15 and pregnant. It's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You know, so now a plan or a second or an ideal hasn't even formed because you're not thinking like that. And that's to go back to say about the dude who say, hey, Darren, you got yourself together. And then I turn around and my daughter's pregnant. It's like, dang, dude, what happened? You know, so <laughs> that's something that, that even throws them for a loop. Because yeah, well, I, well, 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 I'll say this. This is what I'll say. I mean, I, I don't have a daughter, but I do have sons. So based off of, uh, you know, how things are right now, I have black sons. So, number one, I know that they're going to be discriminated again, okay? So based off of that, I don't know who, what, when, where, or how that's going to happen. But what I can do is I can tell them about themselves. I can give them a sense of confidence. I can tell them how to prepare someone to engage you in that type of way. I don't know when, where, and how that's going to happen. But what I can do is get in front of that. I know that they are probably going to be uh, pressured to have sex, okay? What I need to do is, again... Prepare them for that. Understand and say, hey, these are these are consequences. These are the things that could happen. I mean, I I share I share a very um, personal experience. 
um, when I was when I when I was growing up, my I mean my dad was a pastor and what have you, and he used to serve as character witness for people in church um, if they got in trouble or what have you. What the one thing my dad would do is he would take us to those court appearances, and inevitably, some people would get get out of jail. And a lot of times, people, no matter what happened, you know, they went to jail. So my dad, what my dad was anchoring into this, he say, if you do these things, this is the possibility that could happen. And we watch people get handcuffed. You know, they look humiliated. They went to jail. I mean, I had uncles that were in jail for killing people. My dad took us to visit it. So it anchored it, that in my mind as a young man that, hey, I need to stay out of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So those are, so those are, you, you're not going to, you're not going to, if you have a daughter, you're not going to not have your daughter be confronted with sex, okay? Because they're going to be confronted with success, with sex. But what you have to do is give her a sense of who she is and to say, okay, number one, I'm better than that. I'm a treasure. I can't get my treasure away, okay? You tell that to her all the way up till she is, you know, a teenager and, and is able to have sex, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, there are just a number of ways that we can think about it, but we have to think from a very dynamic standpoint. We can't utilize the the um, the tactics of the past for the okay, let me ask you something. Let me ask going you something. on in the present. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Yeah. You, as a father, mm-hmm. don't have a daughter, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. But let's say you had a daughter, and mm-hmm. everything that you know to do, you speak to her a certain way, you educate her on her treasures, you educate her on diseases, you educate her on pregnancy, you educate her to the point where she has a Ph.D. in keeping her legs close, okay? And then one day she ends up pregnant. By you educating her in that process, you ain't going to have a, a plan B for her pregnancy at 16. You're not going to have a plan B because you she got a Ph.D. in keeping her legs close. Right. Okay? But so what now... I, but what, I, but what I would say to that, what I would say to that is I think a lot of times... We're under the impression that if we do all these things, that nothing bad is going to happen. In my standpoint, from a dynamic standpoint, the expectation is you got to conceptualize it. No matter what you do, shit might still happen. I know no matter what I do, my son still might bring a girl home pregnant. No matter what I do, I have to consistently uh-huh. think about that and use that as a way for me to manage my expectations around my sons. Do I want that to happen? No. Am I going to try to eliminate that happen? Yes. Is there a possibility that will happen no matter what? Yes. So I think so that we, we, we can't be arrogant to think, okay, because no. we do all stuff, why does this bad stuff happen? Bad stuff happens to good people all the time, you know, despite, sure. despite of what we do. And that's what our expectation should be is like, you know, no matter, no matter what I do, whether it's being a husband or father, you could be the best husband in the world in your mind, but your wife still could cheat on you. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so Harry, I mean, so Harry, I to ask a question. Yeah. Because I appreciate what you're saying, and I agree with everything that you're saying. Okay? Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, but when these events happen, how does that make you feel? Especially like you, like you said, what you're, you, 
what would it have made your father feel if some if some kind of way he when he did all that took you to the prisons showed you the other side of those clanky clanks of the steel gates right showed you what is going to be happening what the what the what bad decisions can do and then you get mixed up with the wrong crowd just because and you get a little misdemeanor charge and get locked up and he's got to come get you out of jail how do you think he's going to feel at that point how do you think what how do you think your father would feel at that point if you had got locked up on something or anything something small i mean he's probably gonna feel like he's probably gonna feel like he's uh you know that he's that he's you know wrong or you know where'd he go wrong i, I hear a beep do you hear a beep i heard a beep too it just stopped yeah i'm hearing a beep that's kind of throwing me off but i mean i think you know, I think any father that cares for his children is going to say, where did I go wrong to, for this to happen? But at the end of the day, I think the one thing that we got to understand, and I think this is what, I don't know what the gentleman's name was, but the one thing he did say was, we can't be responsible for everybody's decision. I mean, ultimately, we're going to be responsible for the impact of what people decisions that people make, but we can't be we're we're not going to be able to everybody's decision. And I think as a man, I mean, you got to That's one of the things that being a man is you got to understand that bad stuff is going to happen, and your job is to be able to respond to the blowback. That's it. Because the buck stops with you. Hello. Yeah. Good words. Good words. Good words. Yeah. So the buck. So the buck stops with you. Um. But I wanted to say something. I know. I know this gonna be kind of an off base, but another question is, you know, what makes a real man? If somebody were to ask you that question, a real man would never answer that question. I like that. I don't like the beat, but I like the question. We got it now? Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe we're the only two on the phone. No, no, no. Ah, just, that's okay. Right? No, I'm hearing the beat, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I think, I think a real man would never ask, answer that question because the, the thing is that everybody... There, there's different thing that governs everybody's house, and we've been we we all been uh, raised with different standards and different things that we um that that help us be who we are today. But at the end of the day, I think we all are striving to be better people. Period. We, I mean, that's that's what our goal is. And when you said the iron sharpens iron piece, that's why I come here because I learned something from everybody. So learn somebody, learn something from everybody else, so I can be a better husband, a better man. But I don't look at it a situation where, okay, because my standards are one way, I need to look down on somebody else's standards. I mean, there's sure. some just some, there's some common standards that we all, you know, live by, like. I don't, I don't believe men should be, you know, effeminate. I don't think men should, you know, be in love with other men, 
you know, from a sexual standpoint and all that type stuff. I mean, those are common things that I think most men would, would agree upon. But at the end of the day, when it comes to how you uh, relate to your spouse or whatever, I mean, everybody's dynamic is different. And so all of us are trying to figure out, you know, what's the best formula that's going to make us successful, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for being long-winded. I got a story, right, that I want to tell. And I know you got something, Darren, so I'm going to keep yeah. it brief. Uh-huh. Is, is Malcolm still out there? Is Malcolm still out there. So yeah, I had I'm this here. job, right? I had this job, right, Malcolm? And I was, a car, I, I was manager of a car dealership in um, Silver Spring. And I had a small sales staff, right? So to, to work for this organization, you had to take a urine test, a drug test for most of them, you know, make sure you didn't have any drugs in your system or you just weren't a drug user, right? So um, I had a guy that was working for me. He brought a friend that was a good salesman. The dude was a good salesman. So we hired him, took his drug test, passed his drug test. I made sure that he got his company car to drive, yada, yada. The numbers were big. I tripled the numbers. You know what I'm saying? In like 30 months, um, 30 days, I tripled the numbers, right? So um, feeling on top of the world, doing what I was supposed to do at this job, great job. I was off a Tuesday. I came back on a Wednesday. My boss pulled me into the office and said, the guy that you hired, right, um, lent his company car to the drug boys. So evidently this guy had a drug problem that I, I didn't know. I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, and then the police got the car back. They got the car back. But anyway, the embarrassment of that happening to this prestigious dealership, they fired me. Right. They gave me a check and said, this is your last check. Um, it's just not working out. Now, you can't tell me it's not working out. I have tripled your numbers. So it's definitely working out but because it was on my watch. And, again, it wasn't anything that I directly did, but it was on my watch. They looked at me like, how did you let this happen? And I did everything that I was supposed to do. I said, dude, you got to get your drug test. He took his drug test. I don't know if he took pee in a cup. I have no idea how he passed the drug test. He obviously had a drug problem. But at the end of the day, they looked at me and said, it was on your watch. We don't have we don't tolerate this type of activity here in Silver Spring, so we gotta let you go. Okay, well, what could you have done differently? There's nothing I could have done differently. So why would you? Why would you? Okay, I'm thinking now. I understand that that happens, and it happens in politics. That that happens in business. I, I mean, I, so what are you like? What are you saying that people, your What's neighbors are gonna look at you funny, or that God no. is gonna look at you funny? They do. They do. Your so neighbors look at you funny. It doesn't matter who looks at you funny. What we're talking about here is responsibility. At the end of the day, it's still your responsibility, no matter how you look at it. I could not go back to those people and say, well, I didn't. You know, I tried to, you know, hey, wasn't me. He took his drug test. That's y'all's policy. He passed your drug test, yada, yada. At the end of the day, they still said it was on your watch, and it happened. See you later. Nothing I could do. No, I, I get that, uh, but I still, I mean, you you, uh, per, you can you can beat yourself up if, if that's if that's what you want to do. In my mind, I think 
I, I just think that that's not fair to yourself. Now, if that's just a natural response, I, I, that's understandable. But from the outside looking in, if emotions aren't involved, why would you do that if you tried your best? If you tried your best with that car dealership, if you tried your best in any situation, if you tried your best in a championship, what are you going to say? I should have called a timeout in the first half. Like, you tried your best. That's it. No reason to beat yourself up because the chips didn't fall the way you wanted them to. And then, and not to say you're not wise, but if you're a wise person, just because your child has a baby at 16, maybe that's what God, who knows what's going to happen. What if that baby ends up saving the world? Who knows? You're right. You're All right. you have listen, to do... What you do is, and I, and, my, and to answer um, Rodney's question, I don't think you need a plan B. I think what a man will do is instantly put one foot in front of the in front of the next and make it work. Malcolm, one thing Figure about out a plan B on the fly. One, one thing, one thing about different people. All right, certain things that people in the military has been trained to do is to think a certain way, adapt and overcome. A lot of people don't train that way. You know, people who trade stocks are trained to adapt and overcome because this next trade could affect their next one. Uh, and, and, and a lot of people without that experience or without that, you know, that um, that mindset can't can't think that way. And it's easier when you're trained that way, it's easier to be that way. But when you're not trained that way, it's like, wow, man, this is really hurting me. You know, now we're trained that if you if your man if you just if he accidentally got shot and it was supposed to be you because you're supposed to have his back, you have to think quickly and say, okay, put him on the side, adapt and overcome. Don't let it happen to the next man. We're able to do that instantly, and a lot of people are not able to. So our measurement of a man is measured by our training because that's the way we think. The measurement of people who haven't been or had that experience of being in the military, they don't think that way. So they have to do the best they can with what their what their upbringing is and the way that they you know handle their situation that's in front of them. You know they go they do the best they can, and a lot of times that's not taken so easily. You know, a child having a baby or a divorce. You know, um, or, or your wife cheated on you because you wasn't there. You know. In the military, we train, hey, I wasn't here, I had to go to work, you cheated on me, goodbye. In the other part of the world, it's like it's not like that. Oh, she cheated on me, oh, wow, I'm taking it so hard. Oh, I thought I was this, I thought I was that, let me try to work it out. The mindset is totally different. So you can't compare his mindset or anybody else's mindset to the way you're trained to think. I, I'm not comparing, I'm not doing that. Like, whatever, whatever however he dealt with it, that's fine. I, what I'm saying is, is just that it, sh- it probably shouldn't be that way. I'm not saying. I, I, look, I mean, in the heat of the moment, I don't blame anybody for dealing with anything the way they deal with it in the heat of the moment. But you can sit back and say that you, you know, no, nah, you shouldn't take that on your shoulders. You should, you shouldn't, have de- you didn't have to deal with it that way. You did. That's fine. But you didn't have to. Yeah, that, but that's all I'm saying. I, I don't care. He could have kicked. He could. I don't I mean. However, he dealt with it is how he dealt with it. I'm just talking about, in my opinion, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. But when you when you're making absolutes, I mean, because we deal some certain people deal in absolutes, and that's why we have problems. So many problems with the way some of our wives think because they deal in a different absolute than we do. 
And then but I mean, even together- even 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 logically, just even mathematically, he said that he did everything he could. How can he? Yeah. How can he take on? How can he say where did I go? I mean, you can analyze it to find out where you went wrong. So perhaps you can give some good advice to the next person, but have you, you can't blame yourself have, for it happening. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever went to the doctor, and then the doctor comes out, and he just lost a patient? And it just, I ain't going to say your family member, but it, it, it was somebody you knew. And he lost a patient. A doctor has to have a mindset of, I've got to come out here and address the family. He didn't make it. And the family member who is going through this death experience, they're crying and they're upset and they're hurting, but then a doctor has this stone look on his face and goes back in the surgery room to somebody else and try to save their life. And then the person who's crying and, and, and just lost their baby, that's all they're screaming, and the first thing they blame is the doctor to say, he was just so cold about it. I've seen that so many times where when the doctor his expression or the way he dealt with death, it wasn't, that wasn't the expectation that they had. They was expecting him to come out there feeling sorry for what happened, feeling like it was his fault, feeling like he should have done more. And he's like, okay, we did all I can do. Um, I'm sorry he didn't make it. And they said, okay, condole, I mean, you know, you can go down there and see the chaplain, and he can talk to you and pray with you, but I've got to go in the surgery room and go ahead and try to save the next life. That mm-hmm. seems so cold to some people. Right. But in order for that dude to do his job, he got to move on. Sure, and for those sure, people sure. already looking at him like, man, I can't believe he, he's, he's back here trying to do he. Are you sure he did everything he can do? Because he sure didn't look like it. But how does what that translate into what we're talking about? That has two, okay. That's the same concept. No, nah, no, nah, but listen, listen, listen. What we're talking about here, Malcolm, and it's not somebody beating themselves over the head about something that went wrong under their watch. Okay, we're talking about taking responsibility for it, whether it may be something that you, you lose a couple of nights of sleep or you scratching your head, but you take, if you don't take responsibility for that and you blame the other person, you're not ready for manhood. I, I mean, okay. that's what I think we're missing each other because I don't think blame needs to be applied anywhere. It's just gotta something say, okay. that happened. But it's never something that just happens. Just like he was using the military, right? And how you're trained to just keep it, just wipe it off and keep it moving. But that's hand to hand. That's that. That's the people out in the field. What about the commander that lost six or seven men on that on that tour in a, in an hour? Uh-huh. He may have said, "Man, what could I have done differently to prevent this from happening?" Why he definitely would because he definitely would do that because something happened that he did not want to happen. But if he's being realistic about it, and if he was making the best decision based on the information that he had, how can he go back and try to analyze it in hindsight and and, and judge his decisions? Now, if he was drinking the night before and he was like not on his A game, then yeah, he deserves the. He deserves that, but if he done, if he did the best that he could, if you did the best that you could, I, there's nothing wrong with analyzing it to identify maybe something you could have done better. But you, you said, I mean, at least you said you did the best you could. Exactly. So, what, so, so um, guess what? But guess what? And that's that, my story, and that, right? And that's my and story. That, I did the best right. that I could in my story, but that may right. not be the best that could have been done. Well, I mean, okay. Well, well, in, in all actuality. You should it you wasn't. should probably be making more money than you making now, or probably all kind of other things. You can look back in hindsight and see all kind of ways you could be better now 
in hindsight, but you don't have that you don't have that access in real time. Okay. Go ahead, Harry. Yeah, the only thing I was gonna say is I think and that's why I believe in the dynamic the mindset is there's a I don't know if you all you have heard of this, I mean probably some of you heard of it. There's a law of unintended consequences. You know? And that is um kind of goes back to saying that there are things that are happen that you're not going to really under, um, understand of how they actually happen. You know what I'm saying? And you're not going to know the impact of those things until they actually happen. Sure. Then from a military standpoint, I think the best quote that I've ever heard from a military person was from Donald Rumsfeld. He said, there are known knowns. There are known unknowns and there are unknown knowns. You know what I mean? There are things that we know we know. There are things that we know that we don't know. And there are things that we don't know that we don't know. And that's the same case as, you know, you and the the guy at your your dealership. You're not gonna know every scenario. You're just not. That's a that's a that's an impossibility. You did your job to the best of your ability, and still things happen. But what you could, what everybody should do when things happen, is to use it as a learning opportunity. Yes. For us, what I see a lot of people, a lot of young people, especially, and a lot of old people, they go through things and they repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again because they don't learn from that situation. You know what I'm saying? whether that's with your wife, your kids, your job, or whatever, with money, you are. whenever you go through a situation, you're supposed to learn from that. And when you don't learn from that, that's when distress comes in. That's when you, you know, you make, continue to make poor decisions. We don't learn from that. And I think think once you're able to, I think that's probably being a fan is learning from your mistakes and not repeating it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And thank you, because I think that's the missing link to what we're talking about here. Because how do you learn from a mistake if you don't first acknowledge that it's a mistake? Right. And I think why do you? I, I just, I, I, what I keep that's getting fine. lost at is, okay, I, it, I, if I'm doing everything I can, and, and I'm just going to use your situation with your daughter as an example. What 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 exactly was the mistake? What, was it that she got pregnant? Yeah, that was it. That was that was something that was unplanned. That was something that was talked about. That was discussed. Even just sex, premature, uh, premarital sex, the whole thing. Spent. So that that was that was a mistake. What was the mistake no, no, before no, no, that? No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not going to use the word mistake. Okay. Ever when I talk about that, because it's not a mistake. It, but that's because that's what when you said a mistake has to be acknowledged. So that's what that's what's throwing me off. That yeah, no, I'm just talking about I'm talking about what Harry said. You have to learn from whatever went wrong, whether it's a mistake or whatever it is. You learn from it, but you acknowledge that something went wrong. The you, you, you have went to wrong. you have to learn from the thing that happened that you didn't want to happen. Exactly. Let's just say it that way. Let's okay. Well, is that a bad happen. thing? That's just life. We can't just, as as men, we can't just chalk up things and say it's life when you're responsible. 
I just I can't think do that's it. really being a man, though, especially if no, you tried not. your best. No, you can't, but your best may not be good enough. That's and the I can make it. So what? That's all I got. Then that's all Uh-oh. you got. It may not be Uh-oh. good enough. I'm just okay, saying. and then I accept that. I'm not going to beat myself up that my best is You're not right. good enough. Yeah, I, I would just like to say that, you know, the brother keeps saying that you tried your best or you did your best. Did Did you ever say that? Do you ever think that, you know, like you say, you did have the divorce, which was unfortunate, um, but the whole idea of doing your best, would you say that you were at your best Prior to, you know, and we're talking uh, adolescent, you know, prior prior to the pregnancy, were you at your best? I think that's what's missing here is that I don't know if that's clear. Now, he's saying no, that, but no. I don't know if you're saying that. No. As far as me, no, I yeah. said time and time again, I was not at my best. I don't even think exactly. I, you could call me a man in my first marriage. Exactly. Well, what you did say earlier was you were at the birthday parties, you were doing this, you were doing it in regards to your daughter. Yeah, yeah. You were saying yeah. you did your best with her, correct? No, no, I'm saying what to my understanding at the time, I was doing the best that I could. Now I'm that, looking that, back. That classifies as, that, that doesn't classify as perfect. That classifies, no. to me, that, that classifies as your best. You're right. But now looking back, now looking back, you could have did better? That. Of course. We could always oh, do But that. that's, that's hindsight. I, I could have did better. I, I, like, I go to a job that I don't like. Perhaps if I can go back to 18, and, 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 I mean, maybe I would be at a job things. that I liked. You keep harping on the wrong things. I'm not talking about the activity. I'm talking about just when it happens under your watch, you have to sit back and take responsibility at some point and say, what could I have done differently? It's happened under my watch. That's all I've been saying all night. You harping mm-hmm. on something way out the way. I'm just saying, when it happens on your watch, because it may not have happened on your watch yet, but when things happen on your watch, you just can't roll it off and say that's life when you're the man of the house. You've got to mm-hmm. sit back and analyze what could have done. What, where did I drop the ball? Where did okay, I fall? Well, it, it happened because I thought you said you beat yourself up about it. No. No. Oh, you, you didn't beat yourself up about it when it happened? I'm not saying I beat myself up about it, but I, I immediately thought, man, what, where did I go wrong with this, with this girl? What happened? What could okay, I, I, what could I, I, I thought I heard you say you beat yourself up about it, and what, that's what been the fuel of my whole discussion. Even if I did beat myself up about it, and I may have, what, but, what, what, you, that's what makes you stronger. When you sit back and say, where did I go wrong, and how can I prevent this from ever happening again? That doesn't equate to beating yourself up, though. Anybody, I, I that's just, that's I just you analyzing the situation. Yeah, but me and you keep going back and forth with the same thing. I'm just trying to tell you that if you don't have these feelings, when something happens under your watch, a person cannot say they're ready for manhood. When you, th- when you say, well, you know, it is what it is, case sera, sera, it's not taking responsibility for what's happened under your roof. That's all I'm saying. If it happens under your roof, you've got to take responsibility. You demand the house. People are going to look at you. What happened? Well, okay, well, what does, taking, what does that mean to take responsibility, to analyze it and say, what, what can I have done differently? That, that classifies as taking responsibility for it? I, at this point, I can't explain it anymore. Maybe somebody okay. else may be able to help me out. I think, I think, take, I think taking responsibility is taking look mitigating the negative impact of a bad situation. Sure. 
and that's what that's and what I tell people is there's a difference between reacting and responding. A reacting is you just gonna do whatever you emotionally think is gonna be the best decision when it's not you you reacting based off an emotion. But when you respond, that's the root word of responsibility, your ability to respond to a situation to mitigate the negative effects if it's a negative situation. Yeah, and I want to go back to the responsibility piece and tie it into what the host was saying about um, getting the last check uh, from the dealership after, you know, they let him go. And what did you do after that? Like after they said, all right, you know, you know, here's your last check. Uh, you know, you, you mess us up here with this uh, new hire or whatever. Um, here's your last check. And uh, w- what did you do after that? After talking to my attorney, I uh, got my got a, just you know started working back at one of my old old spots the next week. Took took about four or five days off. Went right back to work. So it was like a mini vacation. Um, like a mini vacation. Right, which is my point. So going back to the topic is that. You took four or five days, and then you had another gig. You had another paying gig within a week, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what men do. You know, now you could have said, you know, I'm waiting for my attorney, and I'm calling one eight hundred, you know, this or that, and I'm waiting on him to get back with me, and you know, you could have laid around for months, you know, waiting on that. But you was like, all right, you handle that. I need another gig. Yeah. Period. Yeah. The end. You know, despite the situation that happened and the whole piece about responsibility and accountability, like, that's what men do. Like, you were like, all right, this ain't work out. Thanks. Appreciate y'all. I learned a lesson, but I still need another gig. Yep. Thanks for the check. I'm out. Right. And, and, right. and, and, and funny you say that, Rodney, because my attorney told me, and he wasn't really like uh, somebody that retained. He was a friend of mine that was a corporate lawyer. And he said, you might have a case because you can prove productivity. You can prove that you didn't have anything wrong. And the fact that they gave you a check for $2,000 on your way out is kind of like hush money. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) They could have been like, you out, see you later, you know, but they gave you a little hush money to be on your way because it was the image that they, you know, they couldn't deal with the image, so they had to get rid of the problem, which obviously was me. It was on my watch. You know what I'm saying? But to me, I was like, I don't have time to go through this legal mumbo-jumbo stuff with them. I got to keep it moving. So I went and I went and, you know, went back to work. Right. I got a question. You know, well, I got a scenario here I need to, uh, I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, last week, graduation. Uh, son graduated. Thank God for that. Uh, his mother came up. His birth mother came up. And uh, she didn't have a place to stay. She didn't have money for food, I guess. You know, she said she had, they only had enough money. Her and her friend, her male friend, came up, and they only had enough money to get up here from Atlanta and uh, and go back. So uh, my wife, wonderful woman, she uh, she saw their situation after graduation. She brought them back to the house and cooked for them, and I had to come to work. And, uh, and she allowed them to stay downstairs in the basement 
in the night because they was going to turn right back around and do another 12-hour ride. And she said, wow, this is almost impossible. They just left last night, and they came right in from the graduation, and they're going to turn right back around and leave and do another 12-hour trip. So she said, no, they can stay, you know, and I'll feed them and I'll shelter them. And this was amazing to me. But other people got a hold of it, like my mom. Uh, my mom kept calling and tried to wish him, you know, congratulate my son, my, my son for graduating. But, you know, um, she said, well, what are you all doing? And my wife told her that, you know, she was in the middle of cooking dinner for everyone. And um, and she said, you know, we was all kind of idiots, fools from different people, because once it got to my mom, it got to other relatives, and they called. What are you doing, letting that girl stay at your house? You know, da 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 da. So you and and I even had one relative to tell me Saturday, what kind of man allows his ex-wife to come into his home and possibly can wreak havoc in his home? And she did him all kind of ways. She never paid child support. She tried to get him thrown in jail. She called CPS on him. She lied and said he hit the kids and all these other things. And you turn around and put her in your basement. And not only that, you feed him. You're not a man. That is the definition of a fool. And if you continue to be foolish then no good will come to fools. And then they begin quoting the scripture, or misquoting the scripture, should I say, fools and their money shall soon part. So to me it had nothing to do with money, and it had nothing to do with being foolish. And actually, if my wife would have said they couldn't stay, then, hey, they wouldn't be staying. Uh but that was my wife's doing, and I'm not, and I, I supported her 100% because she said she was okay with whatever decision that she made. Now at that time, uh, why they was like, well, why didn't you make the decision, you know, to tell her not to stay? Why didn't you make the decision to tell them to leave and not care about where they go? I said because uh, my wife is the one that that was going to be here, and it didn't matter to me because I don't hold grudges. I don't care if you slapped me three minutes ago. If you say, you know, if I see that you're sorry, I'm going to move on. So in this scenario, now does that make me a fool? Does that make me a man? Or that does that make me a yes man to my wife or a man that's not in control of his house? How do you feel? I feel absolutely outstanding. My wife, uh, she stepped up and she said, hey, we're going to do this and I don't mind. Not saying that she did. She trusted her 100% because she locked the door while I was in there asleep when she went to the doctor because they were still downstairs. But, you know, uh, but she said, hey, I will allow this to happen. It's okay with me. I'm fine with it. And she came to, my wife came to me with that. Mm. You remember what I told you when you when you told me about that? Which part? About what you did. Decision said you would do the same thing. thing. And, and I stay, you know, I stick with that. Um, you, you're a man of God, and you're human, and you understand that there's certain things that you're not going to do. And I think putting anybody out in the cold is one of those things. Am I correct? I stated that same thing, but they's like, 
It's nice outside. She can sleep outside on the grass. Nah, no. <laughs> 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 and that, but I but I stated the same thing. I, I am not going to let well my wife and our hearts are not going to let anybody. I don't care who it is. They are human beings first. All the things that they've done to us in the past, you know, I can eat that or think about that later. But right now, this is a a child uh, of God or this is a person from God or, you know, this is a human being. And and it's okay with me if my wife says it's okay. Now, if my wife would have said, no, they got to go, then guess what? They they would have to leave. Yeah, because I'm not going to go against her and cause havoc in my home just to help somebody out or whatever that, you know, that my wife is not comfortable with. What's the short stay? $45? I know there's got to be oh. a short stay close by your house. Like, what, $50 for a night? I, I never 45 bucks. It didn't, it didn't matter to me. I, I mean, if my wife would have said, let's pay for them a hotel room, we would have paid for them a hotel room. Yeah, put them in a hotel room. Yeah. If, if, it, was, if them, it was, yeah. Yeah, better than them driving 12 hours, crashing their car, and then you got to deal with that later. Like, man, I could have been a little bit more considerate. Right, right, right. But I, we were called. I mean, the phone calls still calling up to yesterday. People from Michigan calling. People from, you know, South Carolina calling. And people who I never heard, I don't even remember calling. And Facebook and me texting, all, I mean, all kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm like, this one act caused everyone who I've never spoke to, some of the people I haven't spoke to in years, to contact me. Mm-hmm. And this this is that big of a deal to certain people to reach out to me just to say something negative. Yeah, and I crazy. think that us as a people, as a, us as a as a society, uh, I think we got it twisted. What's a man? What's not a man? What's considered stupid? What's considered inconsiderate? And what's considered just uh, what's considered just just um, just dumb. Yeah. And I think when people are so cold that they expect you to be the same way, especially if they have an opportunity to get back at a person who did them wrong. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, this was our this was our chance to get her back. That's what most people's mind frame was. This is this was your chance right here to get her back. So, let let me ask a question in reference to that. Can you be a man if you still struggle with forgiveness? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's all. I think you could be a man. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'd I, I like to answer that in, in a different kind of way. My man. Um, you know, um, somebody said earlier, they talked about we all have different, we have different definitions of men. And I struggle with individuals who say that because when you look at the structural foundations of how you build the building, it never changes. You know, the way they built the pyramids thousands of years ago, those foundational structures still exist 
thousands of years later. And so while we may do things a little differently, there's a foundational principle for man for me. And I think that was Darren who was talking. So Darren, he kind of says some things that, 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 that says man things for me. And so when I look at a manhood, I look at manhood as being a man as a producer. He's a brother who who adds to but never subtracts from. He's accountable. He's trustworthy. He's concrete. He's imperfect. He's more human than hero, but he gladly sacrifices for the benefits of others. He's a servant. That's what a man does. And so subsequently in there, a man will have the capacity to forgive. I just shared a story today in a class I, I taught. I talked about my grandmother at, when I was 15. When she got the news 10.30 in the evening that her eldest child had been murdered, I saw her do what a mother would do, which was cry. The second thing I saw her do was do what I've always seen my grandmother do, which is pray. But what confused me about her prayer was five minutes after she had gotten this news, she was praying for the soul of the man who had murdered her son. She wasn't praying mm. for her son. Mm. She wasn't praying for her son. She was praying for this man. She was having a conversation with God, saying to God, hey, look, I know this man took my son, but save his soul. And so if we're going to be men, we got to do things that's uh, extraordinary. You know, again, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not, you know, we're more human than heroes, but we got to be above board. And that's what you guys were trying to inflict when you said, even though this thing occurs in your household, it may not have been your fault, maybe, but it is your responsibility because it happens under your watch. See, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what somebody, see, when you talk about being extraordinary, then you've got to do something that's better than just what the average person does. And so oftentimes, oftentimes things happen in the space of where we exist because we've planted some seeds somewhere else. And now the harvest of those seeds are now are coming to pass. And we think that we've done all that we should have done, but possibly we haven't. And so we, we, we need to, you know, when, when we start talking about things like manhood, we've got to stop getting out of this thing, well, you know, it could be this and it could be that. No, it's not this and it's not that. Yeah. As I started with, the foundations that they used to build a pyramid have not changed. And what it is to be a man has not changed. And so mm. people will have to learn to step up to that level rather than being real comfortable in the level under it. Wow. Mm. That's heavy. Mm. That's heavy. And people That's don't heavy. think about the situations. They, don't, they, don't, they think about the situation or any situation from afar. But they don't think about a situation when they get up to your face. And when it's in, in your face and, and, and it's smacked up, you have to make a, a right now decision. They're not thinking about that day or that time. Uh, that same morning when I got home from work and the ex-wife and her boyfriend was down in the basement, uh, I came in the house from work at 7 o'clock in the morning and my daughter was coming downstairs. And she had on some shorts that were very, very short. She had on some pants that she got permission to cut into shorts by my wife. But like Tony said earlier, you know, you don't, you're not, we're not normally up that early when they're going off to school. So 
I just happened to meet her when she was coming down the steps. I, I was going up, and I said, where are you going? And her socks were over her knees. It was pulled up over her knees. She had on these heels, and she had on these pants that she cut in the shorts that she rolled up to make them even shorter. And the thing that Tony said earlier, he said, uh, how did we get here? Now, <laughs> so my thoughts at that point is I know I didn't raise you to dress like this. I know I raised you when you walk out the house, you represent everybody who raised you or everybody that's in your house. Where are you going? And she said, I got to go to school, and, and the bus is about to come, and I got to hurry up. Well, put on something else real quick. I don't have anything else. Well, you know, I'm about to miss my bus. Well, you, you, your, bus, your school is two minutes up the street. I'll take you. So, but you're going to change clothes right now. And her mother downstairs heard the commotion. Mm. And as well as my wife, she heard the commotion because she heard this child trying to go back and challenge me. But at the same time, my mind frame was, what makes her think to put on something this like this, and I don't know where it came from. And I had to go back to think, was this because of, is this because of mom is here? Uh, is this because of the divorce? Or what else can happen from this point on? What else is going to happen from this point on that she's going to try to get away with and I'm not going to be aware of because, you know, I might have missed her because I'm at work and, and, and she's, she, she leaves to go to school before I get home sometime. It was by the grace of God that I got home. I got my relief, got here kind of early, and I left kind of early so I can catch her coming down the steps in her high heel shoes, knee-high stockings, and, and shorts rolled up to her thigh, talking about they're long enough, and everybody dressed like this. So we have to wonder, we're not teaching it, so where else does it come from? And then everybody identifies us as being men or not based off of what happens to our children. So as the question is, are we based off of being a man based off of what other people who were responsible for, how they end up making it, whether they go to jail or not, whether they are dressed inappropriately going out to school or going to the clubs a lot or get pregnant or become a prostitute or become a pimp? Or is that back on us or a reflection on us being a man or someone that's not there? Is that our responsibility or should that weight be put on us? Can you simplify that for me? Well, yeah, I'll simplify it. Is it our responsibility as men, or should the, be, should the blame be put on us as men or not being a man based off of what our kids grow up to be? Mm. Let me flip it this way to you. Let me flip it to this way. When I asked earlier about the boys wearing their pants around the house, I mean, I mean around their butts, right, and wearing skinny jeans, thinking that's cool. Remember I said that earlier? Yeah. And Rodney said, the reason why it's like that is because there's no man in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, 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 the man in the house ain't the one wearing the skinny jeans. But it's the boys that's out here wearing them skinny jeans and the, and the, and the pants hanging off their butt. Right? But who still gets the blame? The father. Yep. Ain't no man in the house getting the blame. Off the break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, so I mean, that right there answers your question. It don't matter how it happens, when it happens, who it happens to, who gets the blame. 
the man gonna get the blame. We gonna get the blame. Mm-hmm. So you know and going that, in, you know going in, if the house falls, it's your fault. If your wife cheat, it's your fault. Kids <laughs> smoke drugs, it's your fault. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No matter what it is, it's your fault. If ain't nobody in the house happy, it's your fault. You know that going mm. in. And if you know that going in, then you got to accept it and say, okay, I'm taking this responsibility. It's not just to be happy and have somebody take care of my cleaning, have somebody wash for me and cook for me. It's not just that. It's got to be able to take that responsibility. It's my fault if this thing, this ship sinks, it's my fault. And that's what it takes to be a man. You gotta, and that's just the way I look at it. But I mean, that, that, that's the that's how I think we need to concentrate. It's about that time. That that's what we need to concentrate on because uh, that's what I have in my book as far as you know um, being married for a hundred years, as far as going back to even those days when uh, Moses was checked by God when he didn't even know his son wasn't circumcised. Now, because that was my, my thing was, well, why didn't he go to Moses' wife and say, why didn't you circumcise the boy instead of about to kill Moses that's on the mission? Why would you go back to, to why wouldn't you go back to the woman? And the answer is because the man was responsible in double-checking behind her. So you're absolutely right when you say it's the man's, char- the man is charged with that responsibility. That's no right. matter what happened, the man is is charged with that responsibility. When the man comes up and say, the man who find a wife find a good thing, when he goes and get his wife, whatever happens in that relationship, it's his responsibility. Adam sure. tried to put it back on the wife and say, it's this woman you gave me. <laughs> but, but that didn't get him out of trouble. No. He didn't talk to her. He ain't had nothing to say to Eve. He ain't had nothing to say to her. So, nothing to say to Eve. Yo, Adam. Why is this woman I gave you out of pocket? What happened? Right. <laughs> and that's what we wow. got to look at. That, and and that's he can't exactly say, well, you're, well, listen, listen now. He can't say, well, I fell asleep under the fig tree. Exactly. Don't matter. Don't matter what, what you did or didn't do. The man on the battlefield, yeah, man, I was up for four days straight, man. I fell asleep on my watch. It don't matter. You out of here. And that's what happens. That, that, that. That uh that type of incident, we had a a ship when I was in the Navy. The ship ran aground. That means that the uh, the motors um, or the propellers it hit a rock that was next to a pier that we didn't know about because it wasn't on the charts that it was a big boulder up under the pier. So when we pulled the the ship close by the pier, one of the propellers hit that that big stone that was under there, and it was just one propeller that was jacked up, but we made it home safely with with the other propeller. Once we got home, that damage was over, um, I, I think, about $700,000. And even though the captain wasn't the one navigating the ship, the captain got fired. He got relieved of his duty. Uh, the EXO, or the executive officer, that's the second in command to the captain, he got relieved of his duty. And the uh, chain, which is the chief engineer, he got relieved of his duty. So they fired three people. Neither one of them was, you know, on the on the helm or on the shift. But all of them got relieved because they were ultimately responsible 
even though the charts that we get from the the national uh, uh, chart charting industry i don't i don't remember what it was called um they supply the charts to us of what's under the water and the depths of the water and all these things this stone wasn't located or said to be under this pier or wherever that location was so we were cleared to pull in next to it and that was the argument but that did not stop those three guys from getting fired and uh demoted so mm-hmm. oftentimes in our households it's like that too if you're not even if you're not there if something happens to your family when you're at work that's still you ultimately responsible for things going wrong in your house. I mean, it's going to all, like you said the other day, to do one of the security alarm system, And, you know, he was like, well, if somebody's going to come in my house, then it's going to be another certain way. But at the same time, he could prevent anything from happening from putting a decent alarm system on his house. And if he chooses mm-hmm. not to, if something happens, he's going to get blamed for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the conversation was had. You had the conversation, you were warned, things can happen, and then you chose to, to, to do something different. Right. You see what I'm saying? And I think that the disconnect here is that a lot of times when we go into these marriages, we go into these happily ever after, I'm the man, head of household roles, we don't have the conversation. Well, this is what's really expected of you. This is what's about to happen. These are the repercussions of things that happen under your watch. And it's all going to be your responsibility. And I think that we don't think that way. We think that, oh, well, I'm 50% in. You know what I mean? Hopefully my kids are going to be all right, but if they're not, you know, we'll keep it moving. Hopefully my marriage is going to be okay, but if not, we'll keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Other than saying, well, I've got to take responsibility as a man and make these things happen. And if I fall short, like Reggie said, it's all good. I'm falling short, but I'm still present and I'm still fighting and I still – Respect my role. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I think a lot of times we don't know our role. That's why 50% of us get divorced. And I was one right. of those guys. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that's, the, and that's the reason why you, I mean, just like you said, we're having the conversation. Mm. Yeah. Now, let yeah. me, I got I got one more question, fellas, before we end this. Um, I'm, and I'm bothered by this, okay? About an hour ago, Andrew posted uh, something on Facebook, and it says, Keeping a good woman happy isn't called being whipped. It's called being a man. Is that true? It's called being a man. It's called being a man. Keeping a good woman happy isn't called being whipped. It's called being a man. I guess there's some truth in that. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to read again. Keeping a good woman happy isn't called being whipped. It's called being a man. So if What's a good, wrong with that? If a good, wrong with that? Go ahead. No, what's wrong with that? If a good woman wants something out of the means of your financial abilities, and she wants it because she wants it, because she's, feels that she's been good and she deserves it, do you go out and get it just to keep her happy, just to be called a being just to be called being a man? 
Or is a man is the one to tell that good woman we can't get it right now, and it's going to make her unhappy for the moment. No, and if we can't I didn't never get it, if we can't never get it, then that's going to be we can't never get it. That doesn't mean you're not a wonderful woman. But right now we can't afford it, so you're not going to get it. No, I didn't get all that from. I didn't get all that from that. You took it to a whole other level, there, buddy. Yeah, because all it said is that keeping a good woman happy. Let's just stop right there. You got a good woman, keeping her happy, that's what men do. I think that's the point of that. And I think that, you know, the whole point of the post is like society is like, oh, you got your nose open, you whip, blah, 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 you know, you're a punk. But making sure she's happy, not going to buy my wife a Lotus. When she saw a Lotus the other day and she was like, no, that would be a nice car. I can't afford a Lotus. So, but it's not, you know, the thing about it is that I can keep, I can, there are other ways that, you know, she can be happy and not have a Lotus, you know. So I don't think that it went to the, you know, the extreme of, oh, you know, I got to figure out how to buy this Lotus or the wife ain't going to be happy. You know, it, it wasn't anything like that. It's like, all right, you got a good woman, keep make, you know, keep her happy. You know, she's a good woman. She deserves that. I think that's all that is what it was saying. You know, not to downplay it like it's a bad thing to spoil her or to, you know, to try to keep her happy. But, you know, and of course, within within reason, you know, that, that's all I got from it. I, 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 I saw the post and I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. I was, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up. But, um, yeah, I didn't have an issue with it. And And, I, and if you're blessed, to have a good woman that has the title of your wife and you're whipped, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. If she got you whipped, that's a beautiful thing. Don't ever, I mean, when you're dating and you're whipped, that might be a problem when you're a teenager and you're whipped. But when you got a wife and you still whipped, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, we're going to agree to disagree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that means you're still in position if you whip. That means there's something she's whipping, and you're getting it. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> good word. Yeah, yeah, good word. I got one more question, man, and I know it's open mic time. But I got to ask this one question. Mm-hmm. Can I ask it? Go ahead. If a man cheats on his wife, is he still considered a man? <laughs> oh man, that was kind of that was kind of one of my questions. Um, <laughs> it, it was literally one of my questions. Uh, I had several questions around that. You know, if um, you know, if a dude um, is running through a lot of women, he thinks he's the man. Um, but I also, speaking of pictures, I also saw a picture this week on uh, social media. And the picture stated that men love, and it was a picture, it was a picture of a woman, just her, 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 her midriff and her, with her panties on. And the picture, the caption said, men love watching her put her panties on to go back to her man. 
And, you know, my question, you know, that I jotted down was, if a dude knowingly sleeps with a married woman, is he still a man? Knowingly. Oh. Going in, no, you know, maybe he's in the Navy and her husband's on the ship. You know, does it, is that what a man does is knowingly sleep with a married woman? No. That's different than what Tony acts. Yeah. A little bit different. What was your That's question again, Tony? Re-ask your question. I said if a man cheats on his wife, is he still considered a man? See, in one of those, in, in his case, I would consider that still a man. Uh, not saying that it's right, but I do understand that mistakes can happen. Uh, and, and if he, what makes him a man in that, if he comes back to his wife and say, look, I was, whatever the scenario is or the situation is, if he had too much to drink or if he, you know, uh, was out and and the, and the situation happened or an opportunity happened and, and he took it and he he's man enough to come to his wife and say, I apologize, do what you have to do or please forgive me, you know, either or this is what happened and I did this, uh, that makes him a man, his admittance to it, and his, his willing to go through the consequences of whatever comes next. Um, in Rodney's, in your situation, you know, a man sleeping with another man's wife knowingly, that's a dog. That, yeah. that's, that person is not a man to me. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So, 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 so in, in, in real life situations, Darren, um, <clears throat> the man usually doesn't come to his wife and say, I'm sorry, I <laughs> slipped and fell in the booty. I'm, you know, he, he admits it after he gets busted, <laughs> yeah, but not when he's getting it and it's good. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. And you got to think of the back. So here's a picture of the backlash. The family finds out. The kids find out. Sometimes the neighbors find out. Your church members find out. The in-laws find out. Family you don't even haven't even met yet sometimes find out. So all these people are in your mess, but yet you're supposed to be leading that family. You know what I'm saying? So people might look at you like, how did you? And then you got caught. Then you got caught doing it. You know what I'm saying? Well, That's even worse. Well, you know, you bring up a good point, and you bring up an actual point. Um, Eddie Long, he just got his church back, uh, and his wife is with him in that church. Again, uh, after he's, he got caught, not with other women, but with other little boys. With other little boys, he, he was caught. Uh, now, so he got triple stigmas on him. But he went back to the church with his wife, and is expected to uh, run his church once again. Okay, so uh, I don't know what kind of congregation he's going to have because people are not forgiving as his wife is or as his children are. But um, but I'm not. Sh- I'm, I don't know if I would be if I would consider him a man. Uh, I forgive him, you know, because he he didn't do it to me, so it ain't in my place to forgive him or not. But if I was his church member, you know, we shouldn't be looking at the bone. We should be looking at the meat and, and, and taking the substance from what he's saying and not trying to model after his life if it's a bad one. 
okay? And, and, and that just shows you the same thing that happened to King Nebuchadnezzar when he was, you know, he was in trouble by God and he was told to eat grass in the field like a cow for three years, but he was still the man. He's, people still had to come for him, come to him for orders. So, uh, but people don't look at it that way. Now, uh, I, but does is, does that make him a man still? I think it makes him more of a man that he has the courage to be after he's been found out, and especially something as embarrassing as sleeping with dudes, to come back and say, "I'm going to do this again. I'm going to keep it still in my heart." to do uh to pastor and i think that's a, a awesome feeling for him now whether people are going to be forgiven and and go to his church or not that's another question um some people need to just go away some people need to just go away <laughs> what, what does I mean, that, that mean? mean i mean again i mean you know remember mr weiner we all remember Mr. Weiner, right? Mr. Weiner, the yeah, Oscar Mayer, you know, the, 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 the shot that took the picture, the, the politician for New York, I think, took the picture. Oh, and Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner. Okay. And then he was trying to run back again. You know, you need to go. Just go away, dude. Stop. Okay. The chick is up. You see what I'm saying? Why does he keep trying to beat a dead horse? The jig is up. Go away. Because certain times, and you know, again. This is just my opinion. I'm, you know, y'all may disagree, but he, I mean, the wife may be with him for financial reasons. Okay, I'm gonna take. Oh, he may be selling her on it. Look, I got half the congregation. I've been hearing words they're gonna come back. You know, we're gonna get that money again. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> right. But you right. know, you need to you need to just go away because you've already made a mockery of yourself at this point on that level. Or do something else. Do some public speaking. Well, go out and talk about, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is. You know, whatever you're guilty of or whatever you've been accused of, go go talk about that. You know, so you think that he's not that qualified? So no. you think it strips his qualifications just because yeah. of what happened in his life? And you're not looking at, I mean, anything that he preached about, is that null and void? Or anything that he taught or every all the charities that he helped? Is that null and void, or is does that does that mistake that he did, or not? I'm not even gonna call it a mistake. Is uh, I'm gonna call it a curse over his life, or a choice that he, he that he made. Would that negate everything that comes out of his mouth as a man? Um. No, I mean that's a little harsh to say that. I mean, because you know he had a large congregation. He was actually probably doing his thing at some point. Right. You know what I'm saying? But once you lose the trust because of what you did, I mean, think about that. That's not a that's not a little accusation. That's not a little thing. You know, when when teenagers are coming to you for guidance and you taking advantage of, even if it didn't, if if he was never found guilty of it, it is what it is. The appearance of things, and then the guy wrote a book about it. So I mean, it's just too much. Sometimes you just got to step down. I believe. Okay. Okay. You see what I'm saying? It was a lot, man. You know, it's not okay I slept with, you know, I, I fell weak and I slept with one of the, you know, my coworkers. I apologize. These allegations were heavy, man, on this cat. So does that make him less than a man? 
Mm-hmm. Or, the, or, or than, do we still look less, at him uh, as a man? Less, less than a pastor. And We're if you're sleeping with other men, I mean, if you're sleeping with other men, it's kind of hard for me to call you a man. I'm just saying. That means something Okay, else. yeah, I'm just saying, but that happened, and it is not. Once somebody put get put on blast like that, I don't know if they're going to have a shot of doing that again. Now you know we got he know we know he got those tendencies, but that's not to say that he's going to go back to doing that thing. And a, a lot of times people need to be put out on front street to turn away from the things that they did before to help them or assist them, uh, you know, to 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 guide, be guided away from that wicked thing that they was doing. Nah, he beat it. He beat it. <laughs> you know, that's what you got to remember. If he gets back in, he gets back on top again. We beat that one, honey. We good. That money coming back in again. I'm back on top again. It's like drug dealers, man. It's got me thinking about it. Drug dealers go to court. They got facing the kingpin charge. They praying, they praying, they praying. And something happened. Evidence is wrong. Evidence has been tampered with. Throw it out. You was facing life, and now you just got a break. You think he's going to be like, oh, man, I was close call. Nah, we beat it. Let's go back to work. <laughs> in all cases, you think? A lot I don't cases, think that man. way. I don't think that would, be, that would be the case in all cases, especially, I mean, I wouldn't go personally. That's that's because that's not, but I, I believe if, I wouldn't even want to put, you know, who who I, you know, the church I go to, uh, I wouldn't even want to put that on the same level because, you know, I would have a lot of mixed feelings because one way you're supposed to be, but that's not going to reflect in what I would really do. You know what I'm saying? It's, it hey, would D, be like D, a textbook answer. Go ahead. Hey, can I ask you a question? Um, yeah. If if the if the general consensus about um, Eddie Long is that he's not a man for most people, would that make him not a man? No. Mm-hmm. It depends on... It depends on um, who you ask. It depends on if he's going to believe. Um, if God called the man a man, and he say, "Okay, you, now you, you, I mean, you still a man, and you still my servant, and I want you to continue to do these things for me," then by him stepping out there and, and continuing doing doing those things uh, for God, that makes him more of a man to me. Vice people saying you're not a man, you shouldn't be preaching, you know, all your words are garbage and all of that other stuff. I mean, I think we put people like that on a higher level, which they should be because the expectation from them should be, you know, um, uh, be better off than us down here. I'm not going to say down here or up there, but they should be setting an example, uh, no doubt about that. But when they fall short, um, we hold them to that. And, and that's just as bad as our wives holding to holding us to some of these husbands that cheat on their wives, and once a cheater, always a cheater. So if we're going to use that standard, then it, you can say, well, he's never going to be, he's never going to meet the standard where I need to be in order for me to forgive him to become his wife again, or become, you know, um, trustworthy, or me trusting him again, because we only looking at his situation because he slept with dudes. But sleeping with somebody, period, is what we what we forget to look at. You know, if you cheat on your wife, it doesn't matter if you slept with a man or woman, you cheated on her. You know, it, it does matter as far as grossness is concerned. But, you know, 
whether or not I mean, it, it's still the fact that something happened and you broke the covenant between you, your, your marriage. It's bigger than so, that, yeah, though. Huh? It's bigger than that. It's 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 just it's bigger than that. You know, when you're on that level, and it doesn't even have to be a mega church like that, just a church in period. And I understand the attacks come on them like we could never imagine. We can never imagine the attacks that they get. Because he's going to attack you somewhere where you have a struggle in your weakness. And his may have been boys. I mean, it is what it is. You know, but when you fall short to that attack, and we all fall short, so not pl- placing judgment on him, but when you fall short on that mega stage like that, it's really difficult to make a comeback. Because people, especially a lot of churches, people may look, opposed to looking at God, they're looking at the man. Because that's probably their closest thing. So they're like, well, we're looking at this man. Whatever he says, whatever he does, that's what we're going to do because he's the man that's up there. And when you, when you lose that trust or betray that trust because you couldn't control your flesh or whatever the case may be, it's very difficult for you to make a comeback in that same capacity. <clears throat> I, think it's, I think it's borderline arrogant for you to say, well, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better. And those boys are still lying. Because he never admitted to doing it. But, but what if you really feel like God has forgiven him? Yeah, but hope, but but that's what you hope you you forgive him, and you and you hope you pray for him, you pray to God's forgiveness, and you hope that he asks God for forgiveness. I'm talking about that coming back on that capacity. Nah. So he shouldn't nah. even be he shouldn't even be standing near no church that you're talking about being in charge of, huh? You stand on the other side, you stand in the congregation. <laughs> that's where right. you're at. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, okay. I mean that's what I think. Yeah, still come to church. You ain't exed out, but you know that capacity leading a church with that with that over you, and you haven't even come to grips with it. If it happened and you still denying it, but yet you still want your old gig back, what is that? Okay, so if he if if if, if he says, I am guilty, I apologize, I have paid my debt, I have suffered, and all of these other things. That makes him a man now, or does that make him just someone who's lying again, just to get his position and get some money in his pocket? Well, that may <clears throat> it all to see only, and like and like Malcolm just said, that's between him and God. So if God has forgiven him, then it is what it is. There's, I mean, we ain't in place to talk about God forgiving anybody. That's between him and his relationship with God. But in the public eye. It's still a judgment call. You see what I'm saying? Even if you say, okay, I did these things, I have a, a problem, I'm seeking help, whatever, you may not get back in that same capacity what you got because of what happened. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? You come in and you can help out or whatever, but you ain't going to be the man. You you're not going to be trusted. Kid. You're not going to be trusted in that position to be the man. No, who going to trust you? I mean, think about this, man. Think about this. <clears throat> you ain't going to have no Cub Scouts. <laughs> you ain't going to have no. They ain't going to let no kids or teenagers come in your office. You're going to be on cameras. <laughs> I mean, once that happens, man, the trust is gone. With that kind of thing, they ain't going to trust you with the kids. Mm-hmm. 
you know, things that you need to do, they're not going to allow you to do as a pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't happening, man. I wish them all the best, but... <laughs> no hope for him, huh? And they looking at his wife just like they was looking at you over the weekend for having your ex-wife fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's Back true. with that dude? After all he did? What? Right. First lady again? What? What's wrong with you? Right. Yeah, you're right. Got a point. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got a point. You know, we say we don't care what people say. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's why we spend so much time in the bathroom and in the mirror. We want to look good. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't walk out of our houses looking any kind of way because we want, we want to represent. You want people to think highly of you, you know? Yeah. We got, we got six minutes or eight minutes. Oh, we still got to shut it down for open mic. We might as well just keep talking. We got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that answers my question. I just, I mean, you know, a lot of people they're going back and forth on Facebook asking about certain things. If you know, I thought that being a man, uh, I thought that that was appropriate for the night's topic because uh, you know uh, people forget about uh, the manhood and people forget about. What was he before, and what he had done for people, you know, um, good and bad, you know. But but uh, unfortunately, just people just focus on the bad, and that's what most men. You do one thing, and you're kind of tainted or, 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 you know, stabbed in the chest for life for doing that one thing. Yeah, but it's the one thing. It's like child molester, child molestation. I mean, you. I mean. If you think of all the bad things you could possibly do in life, where does that come? Where on the list does that fit in? Child molestation. All the things you can do that are horrible, where does that fit in at? I mean, How high up on the list on, is that? It depends on, I mean, I know it's different levels of craziness, but, you know, uh, people would definitely put that on the level of the, being the worst. What's the worst but, thing you could do? What's the worst thing you could do? If you think about it. I, I would, I mean, it depends on the person. Uh, and I think, like you said, I, I think, uh, in, in my opinion, it's, it's uh, being a, a child molester. That's the worst thing that, that you can that you can do. But to someone who has been raped, they can say the, the, the worst thing somebody could ever do to me is to take, my body and I don't, I'm not giving it to him. Or a, a man that's been in jail, he could say the worst thing that happened to me is, uh, you know, worst thing that can happen to somebody is to be sodomized. You know, so uh, it depends on who you asking. It depends on what they but have that's been. Exact, that's exactly what you just described. Both of those things. Sodomized, rape, child molester, same thing. There's no difference. Especially I mean, I think it it'd be a difference. It, it depends on the person that 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 went through it, you know. What? But the, huh? Okay. Oh, oh they, yeah. They see, so, go ahead. It seems to me like they all kind of fall under this umbrella of violating somebody's innocence. Thank you. Same thing. Yeah. 
Now, now somebody... that's, not, that's not the unforgivable sin. So that's not the worst thing you could do. But it's high. It's high up on that list. It may be like number two. It may, I think it's like number three. Well, I mean, if it, if that if the number is supposed to match, then you know, people don't get heavy jail sentences for that. I thought drug trafficking. I mean, I thought trafficking a person's um, trafficking a young adult. I thought that would be one of the worst things too, you know. But um, apparently not, you know. Somebody just got out of jail that I know that was only in there for six months after being uh, uh, committing a crime of trafficking an uh, underage human being. Yeah, you but know, Tom you ain't got to give him a long sentence. All you got to give him is six months in a penitentiary. So all you got to give him is six months. Because the inmate's going to take care of the rest. You already know what it is, man, when you go in yeah. there for child molestation. You already know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know I think that, I mean, it's, it's yeah. bad. But all these people that that that's uh, that has been through worse, or they think that they has been through worse, they would beg to differ on the worst things you can do to somebody, and and you know, especially a man or a person that calls himself a man. You know, even if a person is forgiven, or uh, have served the time, and as we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, putting signs out in your yard saying, "Hey, this is a vic- uh, convicted child molester." You know, these things are. Uh, you're not even the public is not forgiving that person for doing what they did. Because you got a big old red and white sign out in your yard stating that you're child molester. Yes, it's 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 just it's it's not a good look. Even if you're the headship of a of a church, it's really not a good look. Yeah. And that's something that's been. That's been an issue that's been going on with the Catholic Church for a while. You know what I'm saying? And then when you cross it over into your Pentecostal or whatever it is, you know, I mean, it's it's it just doesn't get any better. It's still bad. There's no way you can, you know, say, well, they were older teenagers and they were consenting. Nah. It's bad. Yeah, either way. Either way. Either way. No way you clean it up. Yeah, well, you know, I apologize. It's something I struggle with. You're a married man. What do you mean it's something you struggle with? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, yeah. There's no, there's no, I mean, sometimes you just need to go away and try something different. Right. <laughs> 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 you know? All right, fellas, well, it's about, we got two minutes left. And uh, anybody got anything else? I need next week so I can update it. Trapped. 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 Got it. I knew that. I knew that. Website look good, too, by the way, Rodney. Oh, you like that pick? Yeah. 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 We're moving on up. We're moving on up, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, we'll holler at you next week. Same time, same place. Yes, sir. Holla at y'all. Later on. Peace. All right. Peace.